Welcome to another hashtag football Friday, baby, on Sports Zone Chicago. You're listening to Second City Sports, real live and in living color, along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter in the IG at Sick Eddie. Once again, at Sick Eddie, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps, whether it's an Apple iTunes store or Google Play, wherever you get your apps. Make sure it says Sports Zone Chicago. You can catch our live shows, including this one, Second City Sports, uh, uh, any of our other five shows. If you missed them, that's okay. You can go back in the archive section. You can uh, watch the video and listen to the podcast. And speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can follow them on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, that's Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And... If you want to catch the audio version of this show, Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in the search engine box on all podcast platforms, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And speaking of War Media, you can follow them on all social media platforms at W-A-R-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we are on a pie, Jackly Fun, and we have very definite opinions. <laughs> if you want to comment on today's show or any of our topics during today's show, you can do so by going to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Place your questions or comments in the comments section, and Lakina will get them up on the air, uh, up on the screen for you. If, but if you decide to do something stupid or try to troll, uh, Lakina will politely give you the give you the boot we okay. have a busy sh- yeah <laughs> we have a busy show for you guys today coming up in this first hour we'll have Cheryl Ray Stout friend of the show from she's a Chicago sports reporter in our Chicago sports historian from WBEZ friend of the show she's going to join us during our first hour she's going to help us navigate through the Blackhawks investigation of course uh the press conference took place uh, on Tuesday with the law firm and of course all all the happenings that went on with that that came down with that she's going to talk with us about that uh during our next hour we'll have of course our good friend christine manica from krxrb radio in sioux falls to uh pick for week eight in the national football league but at the top of next hour, we'll have miss kylan mills a sports reporter and anchor from kron tv out there in the bay area in chicago neighbor she's gonna hop on with us to preview bears and 49ers shout out Armando laura jr it's been a while my brother nice yeah, to see you nice hope you can uh Stay with us throughout the whole show, and you guys as well. So tell your friends that we're on the air here on Second City Sports, live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Lakina, uh, we were on Sean and Maya in, uh, in the morning just a few moments ago. Uh, anything else you want to add uh, uh, for our audience that's just joining us? Uh, what were your quick thoughts about the Blackhawks' uh, uh, findings in that investigation and that press conference that took place on Tuesday? The whole it was it's just a failure all around. I mean, you know, Kyle Beach, you know, shout out to him, you know, all the the courage, you know, he came out in a TSN interview on Wednesday right after the report came out, and it just it was just a, a fail. You know, the report itself was like 150, like 53, something like that, you know, pages. But I you know, just read the Cliff Notes version. It it makes you sick to your it makes you sick to your stomach. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to 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 see you know some of the details and stuff, and you know the fact that he did what. You 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 should do in that situation. You, you went to the proper channels. They went to he went to Phil Vincent, who has a law enforcement background. He's coaching hockey now, but he does have a law enforcement background. He told you know the others, you know the folks involved. He said, 
look, you guys need to look into this. And the fact that they didn't, the fact that, that you know, win the cup was more important. I mean, and you know, Sean said it. I mean, you know, if they had done this, if they had just did the due diligence and just, you know, took the guy off leave, you know, they could have, you know, did it, you know, all of this. And look, they probably would have been, you know, more reserved, more, more revered than they were. I mean, oh, look, you guys were able to do all this. You know, you took care of this, you know, even after the miss of winning the cup the first time forever. Like I said earlier, I mean, I had a nephew, I got, I got a nephew who, you know, got, you know, got into the sport and, you know, he, he's not wearing his black house carries. He told me, look, I'm not going to wear my black house care anymore. Cause I, just this whole thing is disgusting. He has a nine year old daughter. He has to think of, has to think about when it comes to that situation. So, mm-hmm. and unfortunately you, you hear these kind of things, you know, in youth hockey and also youth sports. So the fact that it, it's so close to the, you know, the organization, you know, of course the organization that I grew up in, I know I grew up following, I know you grew up following said so people know mm-hmm. you're a hockey guy as well. It, it, it's just like it just it just makes you makes you cringe all over, especially reading the report. And I can't wait till Cheryl Cheryl comes on. Um, you know Nick Boyton, you know who was one of the players on that team, you know said that yeah this happened, you know, and all the mm-hmm. the stuff, you know the the slurs, you know the homophobic slurs and stuff like that. Also Brett Sopel, another very well liked figure from that from those teams, he confirmed that what was said. So you know it's just a just a total failure all around and. Look, this this look this this organization has a lot of cleanup to do, both you know PR wise and just just a it's just a horrible situation all around. I keep thinking back. I was thinking about this the last couple of days. I keep thinking back to uh, John McDonough, who was let go right at the start of the pandemic last year. And I, I brought up at the time, was it because of what they uh, what was going to come around the corner? I know most of the people said no, but mm-hmm. you, I, I just kept thinking that was was this around the corner? And they wanted to make this look good so they won't quote unquote look as bad. If you know, if you notice during that time when John Madonna came over from the Chicago Cubs, it was all, all about hashtag one goal. Uh, every Blackhawks player wearing that Blackhawks hat or that t-shirt to promote the brand. Do not step on that logo in the locker room. Everything was about the brand. And he was a tough son of a gun from what I've heard. And I heard mm-hmm. um, another good friend of this show, Pat Boyle from NBC Sports Chicago. He's the pre and post game host for the Blackhawks coverage there. And he said on the radio uh, earlier this week that you know, John McDonough was a no-nonsense guy. Now we know why, because uh, he knew something and didn't do anything about uh, Kyle Beach, who was the John Doe player that was later revealed. But uh, John McDonough was a no-nonsense guy. He was a tough son of a gun, and, and uh, former uh, employers of his said, that, said the same thing. So now we know why was, uh, he was extra uptight. Stan Bowman, remember, that was his first year as GM replacing Dale Talent. So uh, as I said before, you know, working with the Dean Davis show, uh, doing the whole Penn State thing with the late coach Joe Paterno and Jerry Sandusky, we all want our favorite teams to win. But if it costs somebody their life, whether it's a child's life or somebody else's life, it, it, it's unacceptable. You, like you mentioned before, we hear it in youth hockey leagues, and we hear it in high schools and some colleges, but to get to the professional level and for that to happen to that extreme, it's unacceptable. It really is. And it definitely puts a taint on those those championship those championships for the for the Hawks. And I and I kind of feel like they, they look they've got a lot to do. And I know Rocky Wartz, you know, sent up something to Gary Bettman saying that you know he wants the guy's name removed from the uh, the, the cup. Why didn't you do it earlier? Why did you do it when it first happened? You knew this was happening. You know, leaving Danny Wards out of it because you know he had nothing to do with the organization at the time. Mm-hmm. But Rocky, you were there. You can't play dumb and say, "Well, I didn't know this was happening." You just can't do it. So I, I just, 
you know, and then the you know, Otay's comments after the after the you know, the Maple Leafs on mm-hmm. Wednesday that ooh, that does you know, he probably shouldn't have said nothing. <laughs> he probably would have been better off just yeah. not saying anything. But you know, it, it's just ugh. well, we'll see. We'll see about you know, we'll see what Cheryl comes on because she's more in, in tune with this than we are. <laughs> she's been following the story as well. So well, yeah. I mean, it, it's just you know, it's not really put it's kind of put this aside for a second. I think you know, it just. Mm-hmm. The Hawks have a lot of, you know, PR cleaning up to do. I'll say that. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday live and in living color right here on SportsZone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you, Lakina. Um, be- before Cheryl comes on, uh, let's uh, get in some um, Bulls talk for a minute. We discussed this on Sean and Maya in the morning um, a few moments ago. Last night's game, uh, the Knicks beat the Bulls by three. Uh, I watched the MSG feed um, uh, late last night. <laughs> and Kenny Albert and Walt Clive, the Glyph Frazier was on, <laughs> they were on the call. And Kimba Walker had a, a great game. He had 21 points. Uh, Derrick Rose had some key buckets down the stretch. Of course, he got a nice ovation from the crowd. Of course, for the Bulls, uh, Joe Kim Noah, one time, Nick. <clears throat> And longtime Chicago Bulls player, he was honored before the game. It was a great atmosphere watching it on TV. The crowd was into it. But as I said on Sean and Maya in the morning, uh, the Bulls lack uh, depth as far as big men inside, especially coming off the bench. Now, Vucevic, Nikolai Vucevic, he had a uh, bounce back game, as we talked about uh, uh in our last episode on Monday. He, he's been struggling to start out the year, but he had a nice game last night. But uh, uh, defensively in the interior, this that's one concern that I have about this Bulls team now. Like you mentioned uh, before, Lakina Zach Levine has, has been doing his thing. He has that uh, thumb injury on his non shooting hand. Hopefully, it doesn't get any worse as the season goes on. But uh, DeRozan uh, missed a uh, game winning shot. I thought he should have passed it off as well. But uh, the Bulls uh, give him credit for fighting back. But if this is a team that that you that we have project to do great things and go to the playoffs or perhaps do some possible damage, you need to win games like this. No, they they did not play their best last night, but they got away with it on Monday at Toronto on the road. But they got caught with their pants down last night against the Knicks. Yeah, they only shot. You know, they only made eleven three pointers. That's not going to do it. Look, mm-hmm. they still had a shot to win. My feeling is, look. If this is the Bulls teams from last year, from two years ago, they would have been blown out easily. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they were able to, were pretty close to, you know, maybe DeRozan probably thought he had a good look, and maybe he thought that, you know, being the veteran that he probably didn't want to put it all on Levine. So if, if, if he had met that shot, you know, he probably would have been, you know, he'd be the king, you know, for Friday mm-hmm. right now here in Chicago. But, you know, that's yeah. not to be. And then, look, those, the, these are the kind of things that are going to happen. I think, look, I think the Knicks got lucky. I'm not sold on this Knicks team. I'm sorry, I'm not. <laughs> and you know, look, and well, look. I think you know, look, look. We've seen this movie before, Sid, with Tibbs teams. You know, mm-hmm. they, they break through. You know, everybody. You know, sort of. You know, their their thing. Your legs fall off yeah. in the end. So it's it's not. And I think it's going to happen here. We saw it in Chicago. Here in Chicago, we saw it in Minnesota. It's probably going to happen eventually in mm-hmm. New York. But look, the you know, the Bulls got a very tough stretch. I know Pat. You know Patrick Williams. He has a sprained wrist. We'll see if we'll be able to play tomorrow against Utah. They've got a pretty look. The Bulls got a pretty tough stretch of you know the next eleven games. It, look, if you can go not counting this, you know, counting this uh, Knicks loss, if you can go mm-hmm. six and six or seven and five, you'll take it. And you know, you split, you split with the, you split with the the, the, the Sixers. You know, you we might win against maybe one of those LA teams, both the Clippers and the Lakers. You know, it, it's it's going to be very interesting to see how how this goes because I, I kind of feel like look, I think this team is a good enough to win it. And I, and I kind of feel like it's going to be very interesting to see how it goes. 
Yeah, more conversation about the Bulls uh, in the NBA coming up later on in our show. We have our uh, our guest before this first hour. She's a, a great friend of the show. She's our Chicago sports historian, and she's a um, sports reporter for WBEZ FM 91.5 FM here in Chicago. She's the great um, mentor of ours. She's a great friend. She's all around great person. She's Miss Cheryl Ray Stout. You can follow her on Twitter at C Ray Stout. That's the letter C R. A Y E S T O U T. That's Cheryl C. Ray Style on the Twitter. Cheryl, welcome back to the program. How are you? I'm good. I'm sorry I'm a little late. I had some more uh, news I had to take care of. So it's been a crazy, uh, <laughs> crazy time. Yeah. yeah, that's that's quite all right. We know that you're a busy person um, covering everything around Chicago sports. Let's get to the uh, we promise that this is not going to be a whole depressing interview. We'll talk to you about <laughs> other stuff in a few minutes. But uh, the Blackhawk uh, investigation, of course, the press conference took place on Tuesday. All the details came out. All the people that were that were were out in that report. They're no longer involved with the organization. I want to ask you this, Cheryl. Uh, take your reporter's hat off and put a, a put your parent hat on because I know you, you're a parent of a young son. Uh, going through that report, uh, how does this make you feel as a parent? Because I can I'm, I don't have any children. I know Lakina doesn't have any children, but I can only imagine as a parent, it just has to be uh, gut wrenching. Anytime I hear about this, I think about that being could that be my son, and that's the and that's how I read that. And I can't imagine, of course, Kyle Beach talked about how his mother was devastated by this too. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is appalling what happened to this young man. It's appalling that the Blackhawks could have stopped beyond what happened with Kyle Beach, and they didn't. It's appalling that a couple more college players got assaulted, and then a teenager got assaulted. Mm-hmm. And it's appalling that Kyle Beach is the only one that really took ownership and he apologized to that young man when he shouldn't. He should have no guilt mm-hmm. as to what happened. Mm-hmm. And so the fact is the Blackhawks had an opportunity to really be the beacon light against assault. And they decided it was more important to have a Stanley Cup raised rather than taking care of their own. And I can't imagine you know, now all these people are involved. I want to ask them, what would, what about, like, would you ask me, how do you feel? Because I know all of them are parents and you did nothing. You did absolutely nothing. And so I'm a very emotional about it. I am angry about it. And I feel so much empathy for Kyle Beach and all the people, anybody that's been involved. But in this particular story, definitely all these victims because of one deranged man who used his power. He used his power. He threatened him physically and he threatened his job. He threatened his livelihood and he got away with it until now. The fact that, you know, Philip Vincent, who who actually has a career in law enforcement, I think he worked in law enforcement for like about six or seven years, Mm -hmm. you know, prior to being a hockey coach. The fact that they didn't listen to him, they 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 could have just you know they couldn't. I don't want to say nip this in the bud, but they could have you know done the right thing, like you said, Cheryl, and said, "Hey, you know what? You guys need to look at this. You know this this is happening." And then you know the fact that you know Mr. Beach had to be subjected to homophobic slurs, which I I I believe that that did happen. It, it's just you know I know you're I know you've been very emotional about because I've listened to you in your reports, but it just it just it makes me it just makes me sick to your stomach. You know as as I was saying earlier about 
like they could have been revered had they had done the right thing mm -hmm. you know the fact that them win the cup oh the guys won the cup for the first time in you know 50 some years and yet you didn't be able to do this you're your mate you stopped this from happening so it's just I, I want you to kind of reiterate how you how you feel about that. That, that that's something they should have done. Well, he, when you look at the timeline, when you read that report, and you see, if you you know, it hit, the assault happened early in, in mid May eighth or ninth. Yeah, they had a meeting May twenty third on the, the night that they won their uh, conference finals to go to the Stanley Cup. So you have those two weeks, but then they wait to June fourteenth. John McDonald waited June 14 to go to HR and tell them, look, we got a, we got a situation here. You got to handle. And the person that handled it, she, she has been fired too. I found out from a source yeah. uh, yesterday. Yeah. Um, she, she offered him two things, resignation or an investigation. I, why would you even offer him the second choice of a resignation? And he was able to get, $15,000 payoff, I mean, yeah. a playoff money. He was able to get a ring. He had his name on the cup, which is now going to be X off because Rocky Wirtz had sent a letter to the Hall of Fame today to do that. And he got to have the cup at his home. He got to celebrate with everybody. And Kyle Beach, when he talked about having to watch that in front of him, how disgusting that is, that that was allowed to happen. And... 11 years go by and if you know if it wasn't for this lawsuit we would not never have known and thankfully uh my colleagues at bez tony arnold and dave mckinney mm -hmm. found it in may yeah. mm -hmm. they found it they had they, they called me up and they said look cheryl this is what we have and i was shocked and i helped them fill in some blanks that they didn't have because they're not sports people so i don't you know it may have come out at some point but it it and, and, and we were one of the only stations that actually did anything. Most of the other outlets didn't do anything for a long time. And you have to tip your cap off to uh, the people in Canada who did do something more because they, they actually have more access to people than, than some of us have down here. Cheryl Ray South from WBEZ FM 91.5 in Chicago is joining us here on Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color. Sid Lakina here with you right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Cheryl, and speaking of, of coverage, uh, uh, I know that uh, the, the current uh, shout out to all the current um, Blackhawks beat writers like Ben Pope of the Sun Times and Mark Lazarus, now at the Athletic, of course, Chris Cook. I'll bring those last two names up because I've been reading on Twitter uh, on both those gentlemen. I'm talking about Mark Lazarus, who started in 2013 when he was with the Sun-Times at the time, right. and Chris Cook, who was covering the Blackhawks when he was with the Tribune during that time. I know he's working for the organization now, but some no, fans, he's not. No, he's not. He's not anymore? Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. But he was covering them at the time when he was with the Tribune. <laughs> and, and fans and other followers were had been coming after them for the last couple of days and saying, like, if you knew something, uh, why didn't you say something about that? And I, I, I I, I know that you guys, as reporters, that you're, you're tipped to various uh, kinds of information, but you can't report it because you don't have enough sources and what have you. But I wanted to ask you, uh, has anybody, for the lack of a better term, come after you? Because I know you've been covering Chicago sports for a long time. Have anybody been chastising you or coming after you and saying that you alleged that you knew something, you didn't do anything about it or you reported it? No, no. And, and okay. I think I think what was taken out of context with what Kyle said when he said that the media knew and and you think 
think about it back then because Twitter was, was, was there. Mm -hmm. And the Blackhawks had their own social media people. Those were the only media people that would be inside the bubble. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. So there's, and so they may have known those people that, you know, work the cameras and, you know, those are, I'm not saying that they did, but they Mm -hmm. may have known. Whereas the, the, the regular mainstream media would not have, if they found that story, if they knew that story, there's no way no way would they keep quiet on it no way Mm-mm. especially those particular people you mentioned and mm-hmm. that's why it's it's disheartening that people are using you know social media to attack anybody about that because mm-hmm. believe me i know all these people and they would never be silent about something like that because again they're their parents they also they also care about being right and and being righteous about mm-hmm. something like this what I mean, the, the thing that's going, what, what's going on on the ice is pretty secondary, you know, right now. Does but, he suck? Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, what I mean, especially the top, you know, they got a new uh, assistant GM. Bowman's gone. You know, I've heard some names. You know, maybe maybe Eddie O because he hasn't really said whether or not he wants to do, you know, go into doing media still. Uh, Kevin Weeks, who's doing media right now, but has part of experience. So people who said Marion Hosta's name, you know, has kind of been brought up to sort of be the new GM or to work in the in the operation. So who do you think are some of the names that who do you think that's that might be able to kind of, you know, sort of like wipe the slate clean, if you will. Not 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 well, I shouldn't say it like that, but maybe to kind of like, you know, sort of repair the image, I guess, if that's a good way to say it. You know what? To be honest, I think they have to go outside the organization big time. I think they have to go far away from anybody that's connect has had any. And I love Eddie O. Trust me, I do. And and, and he's as honest as the day is long. There's no doubt yeah. about it. But mm-hmm. but that's too much for him to handle, especially with all the health issues he's had. I'm sure he'd like to do it, but but you know you have to take that into consideration. Um, you have they have to go beyond, and and they they better make sure that they vet this person out no matter what, you know, they have to vet them out and they got to make sure that there's somebody, I, I I don't have a name because I don't know enough about that echelon. I mean, there's gotta be somebody in an organization that that could come in there, but to be perfectly frank, this organization is dead. They're dead. You know, they, there's, there's no way that they're going to easily come back from this. There's no springboard. Because it's not just what's on the on the ice. It's just that they now have a reputation that they cannot fix easily. And it could be the only way that the, they could survive is if it's sold completely and you have completely everyone is gone. And, and you know, I, I appreciate that in the investigation, they said that, that the Wirtz family had, had no knowledge of it. But they'll, it'll, it'll always be attached to them, too because it's still under their watch that this happened. So the, so long story, long answer short, I don't know. And, and I just think it's gonna be a real hard challenge. And think about F- Jamie Faulkner, yeah. who just became on in December to be the second president next to Stan Bowman. What a mess she has to deal with right now. Yeah. It's a mess. Yeah. Last, last uh, question for me, Cheryl, before we move on to other subjects. Um, 
um, dealing with this Black Hawks investigation. Of course, Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane both defended Kevin Sheva, they often coach Q and Al McIsaac uh, in, in, in their comments the other night before the game against Toronto. Uh, I got why they did it because they're those individuals who were responsible for them being a Hawks uniform. But if Jonathan Taze, especially, uh, I know some people are, were giving him a grace period because he was a teenager at the time when he, he got the C on his jersey. But uh, I thought it was inappropriate of what he's, I disagree with what he said uh, the other night. He should have taken better leadership. Of course, him and Kane are two uh, remaining players from that 2010 championship team. Do you think? At best, and there's been some conversation over the last 24 hours. Do you think for the white Blackhawks organization to wipe this slate totally clean to treat both both these guys? Yeah, that's a possibility. I mean, but it doesn't matter wherever they go, it's going to happen to them. I, I, he, that was on the post game with against Toronto, and I was on that call, and I I raised my hand. It was not. I was denied to ask a question. So um, mm-hmm. I have my thoughts on that because I think they're angry with my station. Um, but <laughs> to have Taves and Kane say what they said, you know, as soon as they said it each time, and I went, oh, my God, you don't get it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so they, because they made it about themselves and not mm-hmm. looking at the big picture of how, what the effect was. And even Jeremy Culleton, who today, just within the last hour, he talked about, and, and someone asked about Joe Quinville, and he says, "This I don't want to talk about Joe. I want to talk about the victims. I want to, you know, so he mm-hmm. he, he, he got it. He, he's, he's getting it. And, and But for them, they may have to trade them, not just because of that, just because they, they need some help on this team because it stinks. It really is. It's a really bad team right now. But I, no matter what... What team's going to want them though? With this, they, they yeah. will always, you know, they'll they will have more publicity because of what happened here. When they go someplace else, it's all they'll be asked about. Mm-hmm. Well, let's they're, they're let like, it. They're, no, they're, they're lucky. they with Zoom because that can that could reduce who can ask anything, and when, and how mm-hmm. much. Well, let's lighten the mood for a second, Cheryl. Um, the bull, the Bulls. You know, they, they had they lost a tough one last night to the Knicks. Um, you know, Zach Levine has you know, a bad thumb and is not a shooting hand. It could be an issue going forward. What do you think the ceiling is for the Bulls this year? I think the only concern I have for them is size. They don't have size. And, and the thing with uh, Zach was telling us last night, it's dribbling that causes him the issue with his hand, not shooting. It doesn't affect the shooting at all. But the, this is a good team. This is a team that could make the playoffs. And health is going to be a big factor, like it is for anybody, any time. But, but I, I like the way that they play. I like the way that they attack. I love the way they're disruptive on defense. You know, Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso, and, and if you really watch Zach Levine on defense, which, I you know, when you're at the game, you could actually see it better than what they show on TV. He's played solid defense, too. So you have all these really good parts. The only thing, they get, they get killed on rebounding because they don't have the size. And that's what we heard them last night. But then what we saw their defense do the last the last three minutes of the game, they were down by 14 and they, they were, they had a chance to win it. They got, you know, they went a 13 0 run and they had a chance to win it. And they didn't, you know, that's stuff they have to get used to. They have to get used to who has, who gets the shot. Is it Zach or is it Demar? But that's going to be worked out. But last night was a great game for them to know that they could win against a team like this, that they had the opportunity. And so I, I really like the way it's been put together. I still think that they need to, you know, look out for uh, another big man to help them. 
because right now uh, Vukovic is is a, is is not really a rim protector, and that's what they need—a rim protector, somebody that can grab offensive rebounds and you know and defensive rebounds, and that's that's the only thing. I, but I do, and you know what was fun last night was because it was Joakim Noah night, and you had all the former Bulls from that era, and there were tons of. In fact, Tavo Sevalosha flew in from Switzerland. You know, his dad came in from Africa. They had Lou Aldain, Kirk Heinrich, you know, you name it, Scalabrini, they're all there. And last night, the excitement of the fans in that game was reminiscent of what, when those guys play. And that's what was cool, because I think there's an energy, there's a likability of this team. And I give Billy Donovan credit, and, I, and Arturis Karnaschovas, I, I think that they have something special going on. Cheryl Ray Steph from WBEZ 91.5 FM, Chicago Sports Reporter and Chicago Sports Historian. Uh, she's with us on Hashtag Football Friday right here on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago City. Lakina here with you. Cheryl, I was going to ask you, I, I, watching the game last night, you tell uh, the, the United Center, the, the Bulls are – the Bulls are back and the, the fans are into it. I wanted to ask you about the Joe Kim Noah. He was honored last night, as you well know. What is your favorite Joe Kim Noah story or moment uh, that, uh, that 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 stands out to you from from your year, from your years covering him? You know what? It, it doesn't have to be a moment on the court. Of course, you know what he did against Boston. You know when he had the steal and you know and area yeah. with Boston and, and beating the Miami Heat. You know when they were defending champions. Yeah. It's just Joakim. If you spend any time with him, there's something special. And I talked to Billy Donovan the, the other day. I said to him, you look at what Joakim did his junior year at Florida. Mm-hmm. And and he went to championship. And he could have been the number one pick that year. And he stayed another year with the other players. I'm, I'm not discrediting them. But but mm-hmm. here's, a young, here's a guy that came from Means. And, and you know what I mean? And, and, and he decided to stay in college and he did that and they won again. And, he, and the fire that he had, the intensity he had, but with, with that, uh, that energy and everything is a man that is kind and decent, caring, you know, kind of after, after this week of this insanity that happened with the Blackhawks, it kind of gave me that moment of pleasure to be able to talk to him one-on-one last night. And he's giving me these hugs, you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. he called me mama. You know? <laughs> but, but he's, he, there's something about him that's childlike yet responsible. And, and the fact is that he, he cares so much. He, you know, his Noah's Ark foundation in Chicago has done a lot. He, he work he's been working with gangs He's been working, you know, like, you know, trying to solve some issues here. He didn't go away when he, you know, he, his mother is very, very much involved with her, the, with the organization here. So when you have all that and, and, and the fact that all these people wanted to be there last night for him, what does that say about him? He's infectious. He's funny. He doesn't like Cleveland, you know, <laughs> but, 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 you know, and, and and it's just it's just seeing him and you know like you know Derek Rose who adores him and Taj Gibson who adores him and and everyone no one has a bad word to say about him except you know sometimes you like he you know he, he could get on people's nerves as far as his intensity <laughs> but it isn't a bad intensity it's a good intensity 
Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I think Tibbs was sharing stories about how they kind of clashed a little bit, but you know, they they I, I saw they shared a really big cut too. That was that was really cool to see. Uh, let's talk a little bears for a second because we we got uh. to. Uh, no, right? I guess we have Hashtag to. Hashtag bears poop again. Yeah. Also, yeah, get the poop going. Uh, do do you think they have a shot of winning these next two two games for their bye? Of course, they they host San Fran on Sunday. They go at Pittsburgh next weekend. With all the injuries, you know, Khalil Mack might not play, and you know, Fields is struggling. What, what, where do you, where do you see the Bears, you know, going forward? Well, every every game is going to be a struggle for them. Got some good news just now: uh, Robert Quinn and Elijah Wilkerson are off the COVID list, so you have those guys back, which is important. Uh, Max Foot is probably going to keep him um, from playing. It's you know San Francisco's they're 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 in deep doo doo themselves. They have the injuries. They can't figure out their quarterback situation for sure. Kyle Shanahan is on the hot seat, and and it's been interesting all week long. Uh, we haven't been able to go to Hellas Hall to do in person interviews. Actually, on Monday I went up there and they said, "Oh, we're going to do it on Zoom." I'm like, "Great!" I went all the way up there to be on Zoom because <laughs> um, Matt, Matt Nagy's and uh, COVID protocols right now and, and still is it. They're a team that doesn't seem like they're prepared for some of these games. And that was concerning against Tampa. They didn't seem prepared. And and the fact is, when you had a right tackle that had not even practiced as a starter, that went in, you know, that they had to throw in there, and then they had to pull him out in Simmons and they put in Alex Bars. I'm concerned about the the mental process that Justin Fields has to deal with right now. I'm concerned with his confidence right now. You know, he's going to get, he's going to take some of the blames for some of these things because he's still learning how to read defenses, but he doesn't have the tools. He doesn't have the weapons around him that help, can help him. And the fact is, you know, you've got Ellen Robinson and you you know, there's, he's like on an Island and nothing is working there. And, the offensive line, you know, like the running game was going, the running game is the only thing that's been good, but the running game should be able to set up the passing game. And that doesn't make sense. It's not happening. So I'm I think they could win on Sunday, but forget about Pittsburgh. There's no way they'll be, they'll win in Pittsburgh. I guess Ben Roethlisberger will have the performance of his life, <laughs> even though all of 39 years old and broken. Oh, boy. That'll be typical Bears, right? <laughs> yeah, it could be. I mean, you know, the, sad, the sad part, you're talking about a defense that is, the oldest defense in the league. Mm-hmm. And they've had a lot of, you know, all former all pro players on it. And, and they're, you know, at what point, at what point in that locker room are they lost to Matt Nagy? Mm-hmm. They're not yet just yet, but they could be. And that's, and that would be problematic. And then you, you'll, you'll see it. You'll, you'll see guys going, you, you will see guys that didn't practice or had some injury and just not, they're not going to play on Sunday. That's, that's a concern. Yep. Uh, Armando Lara Jr., one of our viewers, says Nagy's scheme is what's wrong. Uh, we couldn't uh, agree with you more, mm. Armando. <laughs> yeah, mm. That's Armando checking in. Uh, last a moment, a couple of moments with Cheryl Ray Staff from WBZ in Chicago, right here on Sports Zone Chicago on Second City Sports. Sila Kin here with you. Cheryl, let's go to baseball. My White Sox, of course, it was very disappointing. Of course, I had them going to the uh, American League Championship Series, but of course, that didn't happen. They lost to the Houston Astros, who are currently tied with the Braves in this year's World Series at one game apiece. Uh, what is the uh, biggest need for the White Sox going into this offseason, uh, providing that we don't have a, a potential long work stoppage? 
Yeah, at CBA, December 1st is going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I think they have to address second base. I think they mm -hmm. have to figure out right field. I do love Gavin Sheets. Yes. And I think I think if you you know if you could if you could sign you know somebody or, or make a trade, I, they have to they have to seal that. But you have to look at their starters. Right now, you know you you know that Carlos Rodon cannot go full season. So I don't see him back. I I, I would be surprised. And you have to des decide with Michael Kopech, is he definitely going to be one of your starters? And I think if the answer is yes, and Craig Kimbrough, what do you do with him? Do you retain him or do you, you know, pick up his option and then trade him? So th those are questions they have to figure out. And that and, and they got to do better. They have to do much better with their on the field defense and, and some of the little things like, you know, base yeah. running and, you know, throwing mm -hmm. to the right to the cutoff man and things like that. And, and now that we know that um, Grandal had to have another knee surgery, because, yeah. you know, his unable to block the plate cost them. I yeah. mean, how many times was there a wild pitch in the key situation that Houston took advantage of? When you watch what Houston can do defensively, that's what that you would like to instill that with the White Sox. They need to have mm -hmm. that type where they, they don't make mistakes and if they right. do they know how to fix it you know and that's that's where they i think the white Sox have to make some um some definite changes and in, in additions also houston was stealing bases on them too so yeah it, that it, did. Was, it was ridiculous yeah. <laughs> but, but it, it, well that, that that a lot of that was on the pitchers because yeah. you know they're they're they're, they're, they're uh, they, they couldn't they didn't want that's part of their little problems that they have they, they weren't watching the runners all they had to do is throw yeah. the first base a few times and and you know that Grindel had some issues we know now know it was his knee was worse than what we thought well let's talk about the north Sires for a second here cheryl last question for me uh carter hawkins new gm for the cubs you know kind of has that sort of like that Jed Hoarder like you know quality to him what direction do you think the Cubs are going to go to go to going into next season you know for provided that we don't have a long work stoppage well the hire is smart because what what did Cleveland Indians do better than most teams starting pitching and developing pitchers and yep. that's what have the Cubs lacked starting pitching. pitchers mm -hmm. developing yep. pitchers so if they could if he could help fix that that will put them in a real good situation it's a team that you know they say they're going to spend money and they're you know they're going to go out for some free agents but do free agents want to come here that's a bigger bigger question i mean you may have some money and again with the collective bargaining agreement we don't even know what's going to happen how it's going to happen how, how do you fix some of the things that you know they need a shortstop hmm. there's several that's going to be on the market they, you know, and, and, and to think that Patrick Wisdom and um, Swindell mm -hmm. are, are answers, I don't know. I've talked to scouts. They don't believe it. They don't believe it. I think I think Frank could be off the bench, but Patrick Wisdom, they don't they don't think is quite a fit for a team right now. I mean, it was, he had lightning in the bottle. But then again, after the lightning uh, went away, so did some of his ability to hit the home runs. Yeah. 
All right. That was Cheryl Ray Stout, our Chicago sports historian and uh, sports reporter from WBEZ 91.5 FM here in Chicago. Cheryl, as always, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today right here on Second City Sports Live and in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Thank you very much for taking time on your busy schedule to join us. You keep up the great work, young lady, and we'll have you on again soon. <laughs> thank, thank you, Cheryl. You're, you're both a delight. Have a great Halloween. We're back at you. You too. Stay safe. Your family stay safe. Okay. okay. Bye bye. All right. Take care. Once again, that was Miss Cheryl Ray Staff from WBEZ, uh, Chicago Sports Reporter here in Chicago. Um, you're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports on Chicago. See Lakina here with you. I want to pull up this comment from our good friend, uh, Armando Lara Jr. Manoa, sorry, my uh, Noah was getting gas on division by my son's high school, Holy Trinity. One kid yelled in the hallway, Noah was at the gas station getting gas. That high school empty and surrounded him. And he and Noah started laughing at the situation and <laughs> stayed about 15 minutes shaking hands, taking pictures with the kids. Um, they were on clown nine meeting him. And that's why he's so loved uh, here in the city, Lakina, uh, talking about Joe Kim Noah. You know, he was, uh, uh, he was a fan favorite. I, I liked him as well. I like Todd Gibson too, but Joe Kim Noah brought that energy every night. And like Cheryl said, it wasn't, a, it was annoying to the opponents, but it was annoying to his team. It's time I bring the, uh, bring the energy uh, to the court every night. He cared about the fans. They still do to this day. That's why he's been hired as a, a, the new Bulls ambassador. Well, and also too, you know, he's became like a cult figure. You know, I'm, I'm talking about him to the point where he just, he's just beloved here, like you said. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, listen to Amando's story. I think that's just that's sort of indicative of what we saw with Noah. I'm sure there are yes. a lot of folks here in Chicago who have similar stories like it. I mean, and also exactly. too, it's great, it's great to see him. And, and look, you know, him and Billy Donovan reconnecting. You know, of course, as Cheryl said, they won two championships together when you know, you know, Coach Donovan was at Florida. And, and, mm-hmm. and that, you know, just to see, you know, that. You know, they became a power, you know, basically thanks to him and, you know, Torian Green and, you know, among others. But, you know, just, yeah, he's uh, working in the organization now. Yes, Torian he is. Green yes, as a player yes. development. Yes. And I think Al Hofer is still playing, too, somewhere, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but <laughs> another big part. Yeah. So, you know, just, it was just, you know, just great to see. And, you know, Tabos, like, you know, like Cheryl said, Tabos came all the way from Switzerland to come see him. You saw yeah. Omar Asik. You know, you saw Kirk Heinrich, of course. You know, Luol Dang. I mean, to see see all those players come together. It just shows you how beloved Noah is. And the fact that it's great to see that he is going to be around a little bit more, him now being the new Bulls ambassador. Yes, it's a great thing to see. You're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago, live in Living Color. Say, Lakina here with you. We have less than 10 minutes left, Lakina, in this first hour. Let's go into a hashtag football Friday coverage. Let's go into the college football game. Uh, let's uh, get to a couple, a few of these games as possible in the top 25 in college football. Of course, uh, tomorrow's game will start off with number six ranked Michigan uh, taking on number eight Michigan State. That's the big new Saturday game on Fox at 11 o'clock. Uh, who do you see taking this one? I say Michigan State by three. Michigan is favored by four. Yeah, I, it's it's gonna be close to me. Rain might be a factor too because you know the rain's expected. The rain that we're getting here in Chicago, they're gonna get mm-hmm. over in East Lansing. To me, I think it's gonna depend on who can slow down the running game. I mean, both teams can run the ball mm-hmm. very well, and I think that's gonna be the key. And I think you're gonna they're gonna be is the ground game is gonna be used a little bit more because the weather's gonna be a factor. And look, I think Mel Tucker. There's some rumors about him might be he might be going to maybe USC or might be going to the back to the NFL. I, I look. I don't know. Like I don't know if any of that's true or not. But and also too, I think Harbaugh finally has players that are kind of play like him. So it, yeah. it's going to be very interesting. You know who 
look, you know, Michigan's got you know some some great running, you know, Michigan's got some great running backs, you know, Blake Corum and Hassan Hawkins, and of course they, you know, Michigan takes like Ken Walker, you know, Jr. and the second I should say, and and look, I think it's really going to depend on you know who defense is going to slow down the run game. I think that's going to be the key. Staying with the Big Ten, number nine, Iowa, the Hawkeyes will travel to Madison to take on the Wisconsin Badgers at eleven o'clock. That game's on ESPN. Iowa's at six and one. Wisconsin getting back on track at four and three. Wisconsin's favored by three and a half. I'm not surprised by that because I think Wisconsin they upset Purdue uh, last week, so I, I think they could. I think they're getting better at the right time. I think you know. <laughs> Paul Chris might have his guys kind of like, you know, playing to his system. So this could very well end up be, I, I think Iowa should be an upset alert. ABC's early game at 11 o'clock tomorrow. We'll have number 16 Baylor. The Bears will host uh, the Texas Longhorns and Baylor's favored by two and a half. Yeah, I think Baylor could probably look Texas, you know, they just don't have the, they've got the players, you know, but BG Robinson, of course, but you know, Baylor's got a pretty solid defense, so we'll see if they can slow him down. Look, they these two teams always play well. They have played well together in the last you know few years, especially. So this could be a back and forth game. I mean, if you're Baylor, what's the what's the what's the line? Uh, Baylor. Let me check real quick. Uh, it's two and a half. Two and yeah, I probably would take that because it probably could in a barrel. It'll come down to a field goal. On the Big Ten Network at eleven o'clock, uh, is number is uh, three and four Rutgers traveling to Champaign to face the final Atlanta at three and five. The Atlanta coming off that upset last week in mm-hmm. about twelve overtimes at Penn State. Do you think Penn State the, the Penn State upset will get these guys on cloud nine, or do you think that uh, Rutgers can steal a victory? Well, Rutgers have had their struggles lately too, so I think Illinois, you know, this 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 the well, typical Illinois could be like you know the letdown game for them, but yep. we'll just have to wait and see. It, it should be a fun game though, another game from that uh, Big Ten Network. You know, we're kind of their regional coverage, if you will. Indiana mm-hmm. and Maryland. What do you think about that one? Ooh, Indiana and Maryland. Of course, Maryland's at four and three. Indiana at two and five. Indiana's been one of those disappointing teams in college football this year. Of course. We saw them get their butts handed to them by Ohio State a week or so ago. Uh, and they Maryland, play, and they think no more primetime games for Indiana this right. year. So don't, don't, <laughs> that's, so right, that's their punishment. So uh, this could be a close game, but I can see Maryland squeaking out of there with a victory. Uh, going uh, back to the schedule, we'll have uh, number 22, Iowa State. They'll travel to West, the Morgantown to face the West, West Virginia at 1 p.m. on the Big 12 ESPN+. Plus. Iowa State. Ranked 22, as I mentioned, they're checking at 5-2, West Virginia at 3-4. and four. West Virginia can score. They're coming off a bye. We'll see if this is not going to be a letdown game for Iowa State. So they're going to have to have, you know, they're gonna have a hard time you know, slow it down uh, West Virginia. So it should be a fun one. Um, an early big t- Pac-12 game, I should say, got Wazoo against Arizona State. Should be a fun one on FS1. Yes, Arizona State. Herm Edwards at five and two. The Cougars at four and four. This is going to be a, a close one. Arizona State is favored by sixteen and a half. But I got a sneaky feeling Washington State can make it interesting for a while. I got yeah. that sneaky feeling. I got Hi. a sneaky feeling. But uh, Herm Edwards and Arizona State. The Sun Devils should win this one. Yeah, they should. Uh, the annual uh, powwow in Jacksonville. You got number one Georgia against Florida on CBS at two thirty. Yeah, uh, Georgia is favored by 14. Florida, they're uh, struggling at 4 and 3. Of course, Georgia is the number one, number one ranked team in the country at 6 and 0. Florida can make this interesting, but I still, still see Georgia when I don't know if Georgia is going to cover that 14. Maybe they do barely, but I still see Georgia winning. Maybe Florida can make this interesting for a while. Yeah. 
past the national anthem. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, maybe. So uh, <laughs> uh, Texas Tech and Oklahoma, this is interesting, though. They actually, you know, Texas Tech actually fired their coach. They're five and three. I so, saw that, like, yeah. That, that was kind of strange to me. Like, what, what's going on? Unless they actually have a guy lined up, I, I don't get it. You know, will that, will that upheaval, you know, can Oklahoma take advantage of upheaval going down, going on with the Red Raiders? Yep, at 2.30 on the Big Ten Network in Evanston, Illinois, the 3-4 and four Northwestern Wildcats will host the 5-2 and two Minnesota Golden Gophers. Can Pat Fitzgerald's crew get back to 500? Hmm, going to be a tough one against Minnesota. I think Minnesota started to get a little bit better, too. So yeah, Minnesota's favored by 7.5. Yeah, yeah, I, I take the under. I, I think Northwestern, I think, may have enough to kind of hang with the Gophers, but I think they'll mm-hmm. pull it out late. Uh, Purdue and Nebraska, that's a 2-3 two, the two, game on ESPN2. Yeah, going back to the schedule now at 6 p.m. on ESPN, we have number 10 Ole Miss checking in at 6 and 1. They'll travel to Auburn to take on the Tigers, who are ranked 18th in the country. I, Auburn yeah, check, no, is checks in at 5 and 2 in SEC action. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, Auburn's kind of been up and down. You know, Ole Miss, we'll see if they're starting to find their group. Should be a fun one down there at Jordan Air and uh, Auburn. At 6 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network, uh, the California Bears, they are a 2-5, and five, but they host uh, the surprising Oregon State Beavers. They check in at 5-2. and two. Oregon State is favored by only a point and a half. That should be an interesting one. I, I think no one thought Oregon State would be, you know, this good, but you know, Cal has kind of had their struggles. Some people thought that they'd be a little bit better, but mm-hmm. should be <clears throat> should be a fun one down there in Berkeley. Yeah, a couple more games to go with you guys quickly. Number 20, the Penn State Nittany Alliance, they'll travel to the Horseshoe to take on the number five rated Ohio State Buckeyes. That's the Saturday primetime game on ABC at 630. Nor- uh, sorry, uh, we'll get to that other game in a minute. Uh, Ohio State is favored by 19 and a half. Sean Clifford should be back for Penn State. We'll see if Penn State still has a sour taste in their mouth after losing to Illinois in nine overtimes. Ohio State's getting better. No one's really talking about them. C.J. Strauss trying to make a case for Heisman. He's only a freshman. So should be a fun one over there uh, in, in Columbus. Uh, speaking of Lakina's favorite team for 2021, the number 11 ranked Notre Dame fighting Irish. They'll host North, Car- North Carolina tomorrow on NBC at 630 from South Bend. Notre Dame is favored by three and a half. It'll be very interesting though, to see how North Carolina kind of responds because they kind of had their struggles. You know, people thought that they would be a good team, but then they may have been overrated. So, you know, should, we'll see what happens in South Bend. Yeah, number 25, BYU will host uh, Virginia. The Cavaliers, both teams check in at 6 and 2. They will be on ESPN 2 tomorrow at 9.15 p.m. BYU is favored by 2.5. And, and number 21, San Diego State, they check in at 7 and 0. They'll host, num- they'll host 6 and 2 Fresno State. That's at 9.30 on CBS Sports Network. We all know that you love your West Coast football. Two, should be a two West Coast, you know, two West Coast games. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be staying up for both of them. Both have big implications for various reasons. So should be entertaining as usual in the West Coast. Yes, it should be very entertaining. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two straight ahead as you're listening to Second City Sports on the hashtag Football Friday. We're live in living color right here on Sports on Chicago City. Lakina here with you. When we return, Chicago native and K-R-R-O-N TV sports reporter from the Bay Area, Miss Kylie Mills will hop on with us to uh, uh, give us our thoughts on the preview for the 49ers and Bears. It goes down this Sunday on the late front at noon, and we'll get our thoughts about the Warriors and her growing up here in the Chicagoland area. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. 
In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shot out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11 of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. That, that's going to be, we're going to say that three years from now, but at the same point in time for him, um, there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this, which is good too. Like that's what we want. We want that to happen. Download the free Score app. Lightning Fast updates so you never miss a thing. It's why the Score app is one of North America's most popular sports apps. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. Automatically, dollar for dollar with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports on the hashtag Football Friday, baby. Live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter in the IG at SidKid80. Once again, it's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. If you want to make a comment or have a question for us or any of our topics during today's show, you can do so by going to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Place your comments or questions in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to do something stupid or decide to troll, Lakina will politely give you the boot. As we <laughs> as we wait for Kylan Mills from KRON TV to join us, uh, let's get into our preview, Lakina. For the Chicago Bears in the San Francisco 49ers, it'll take place on the lay front on Sunday afternoon. Uh, you can watch that game on Fox at high noon. Adam Amin, mm-hmm. the Chicago Bulls announcer, speaking of the Bulls, he, he'll be uh, stepping in for Kevin Burke. It'll be Adam Amin, Pam Oliver, and Greg Olson will be doing his second Bears game this season for Fox. So that'll be your announcing crew for that contest coming up this Sunday. Lakina, the 49ers look terrible. Uh, last Sunday in front of a national audience, losing to the uh, Indianapolis Colts by 12. Of course, we discussed the Bears very limited in our last show. They got embarrassed by the uh, by Tom Brady and the GOAT and his uh, Buccaneers crew by the score of 35-3. to Lakina, uh, the Bears uh, have looked terrible in two road games so far this year, but they still sit with an opportunity to go back to 500. They haven't been 500 since they were 2-2 two and two when they beat the Detroit Lions a couple weeks ago. 
Yeah, they do. And I think your show uh, broke the news um, you know, just a few minutes ago that Elijah Wilkinson's been cleared, you know, Robert Quinn's <laughs> been cleared, you know, through COVID. So that should help. Now, you know, Matt Nagy probably won't be cleared, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, by the time, you know, he's been, apparently he's been doing this from an undisclosed location. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like, if he's in a bunker somewhere, you know, up north. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I guess they have to do it, you know, like, you're, it's, it, you're, you're coaching football, you don't have government secrets, but I, I digress. But, uh, I, I mean, look, do they have a chance to win? Sure. I mean, you know, the 49ers are kind of in a similar situation with the Bears, you know, with their quarterback situation, you know, Lance is questionable. So we'll see if we'll see him on Sunday. Samuel's questionable as well, D.B. Samuel. Also, Trent Williams, he may not be able to play. You know, Kittle, we know Kittle's going to be out. You know, probably won't be, be able to come back for another couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, their defense has had some issues too, you know, you know, Kinlaw, you know, Marcel Harris. I mean, there's, mm -hmm. they've got, they've got some issues too, but, you know, look, could the Bears take advantage? Sure. Do they have a chance to win it, win the game? Sure they do, but I'm not going <laughs> to sit here. Look, I, I, look, I mean, we'll get to our picks in a second, but, you know, the 49ers, I mean, they, they, they just had, this has some bad luck, I think, you know, with injuries and such. Mm -hmm. So that, that's a, that's a, okay. Oh, yeah, taking a look at the numbers for both teams uh, in terms of rankings on offense, the Bears are ranked 30th, that's third from the bottom in the National Football League. Uh, San Francisco, not that much better with Jimmy Garoppolo playing. They are ranked number 27th. In, in total defense, the Bears are ranked 14th out of that shellacking at Tampa last week. San Francisco, as we talked about before, Lincoln, uh, these two teams very, very much mirror each other. Um, San, San Francisco is number two in the NFL in total defense. As far as passing, the Bears are ranked dead last, while San Francisco is fourth from the bottom at number 28. As far as rushing is concerned, the Bears are ranked sixth overall, and San Francisco checks it at number 19. Lakina, uh, we saw San Francisco use the formula a couple years ago, going to the Super Bowl, running the ball, and playing strong defense. Of course, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't uh, make the big play as he had to uh, during that Super Bowl a couple years ago. But as far as this year is concerned, he's been getting off to slow starts. And we'll see what the Bears' uh, defense, perhaps without Kalen Mack, can do this Sunday. Should be very interesting. I believe our guest has joined us, Sid. Please yes, introduce uh, Join us now. Uh, she's a Chicago native of KRON Television out there in the Bay Area. She covers the 49ers along with the other teams in the Bay Area uh, uh, for, for that station. There's the one, the only Miss Kylie Mills. Kylie, hey. welcome to Second City Sports right here on Sports of Chicago. How are you doing today? Hey, Sydney and Lakina. Thank you so much for having me. Doing awesome today. Hope you guys are doing awesome as well. Uh, very interested to see how this weekend's football matchup shakes out. Uh, we've got all of our teams, the Warriors back in action, the 49ers. So it's a fun time to be in the Bay Area. Uh, however, yes. we'd like to see some more wins down at Levi Stadium. So it was a little bit rough. Uh, I was there for the Sunday night football game. It was a complete rain out and it was Oof. ugly. So <laughs> <laughs> how was how was that game? Cause I'm sure it had to have been like, you know, I don't want to say it was a torrential pour down, but it was just it looked like it was raining really hard. You know, the slip the balls were slippery. I think that some of the ball guys had to kind of keep wiping the ball. What was yes, what was it like on the sidelines? <laughs> yeah, that Sunday night football game this past weekend was just a mess. So to give you guys a little bit of perspective, this was the worst storm or rainstorm anyway that we've gotten in the Bay Area in years. And it just so happened to fall on the day that the 49ers were playing Sunday night football, hosting the Colts. So that was fun. Uh, 20 mile per hour winds to start the game, heavy to medium rain throughout the entire game. And it had rained 
all day. Like the entire area was soaked. Streets were flooded. You got people trying to get into Levi Stadium. It was a little bit of a hot mess. I will say 49ers do have very faithful fans. There were still people out there tailgating in 20 mile per hour winds and like downpour rain. So kudos to them. I don't know that I would be that dedicated. Uh, but then once you got into the stadium, it definitely was a wet game. We saw both quarterbacks, you know, have some trouble gripping the ball. It's tough in those conditions. I mean, it was really, really wet. It did not let up a single minute of that, that game. It rained medium to heavy every single minute of the game. Uh, I don't know, though, that that's an excuse. Not a great performance from Jimmy Garoppolo in that game. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, has said it uh, throughout the week, probably his worst game of the season. Um, so not trying to use the rain as an excuse, although it definitely was tough, I think a little bit tougher to, for all the players just to get a hold on the ball. But still a disappointing performance for the 49ers. Nonetheless, fans were like bolting out of Levi Stadium to start the fourth quarter. They're like, we're done. Speaking of air, of course, you know, Kyle, Kyle, growing up here in Chicago, this is a Bears town doing football season. Of course, uh, Bears fans are angry at Matt Nagy and rightfully so. And GM Ryan Pace, who rarely uh, talks on Chicago radio outside of the network pregame. But that's a whole nother issue. But uh, the fan base are, are mad at both of them and rightfully so. Can we say the same thing about the San Francisco 49ers fan base? I know Kyle Shanahan, at least nationally, is on the hot seat. But are the 49ers fans, are some of their anger directed at GM John Lynch, who, who's in the Hall of Fame, by the way, as a player? But can we say the same thing about the 49ers fans? Are there some of their anger directed toward, towards John Lynch as well? Uh, I would say there is a lot of anger directed at Kyle Shanahan, some directed at John Lynch, Lynch as well. But it's funny you guys were talking about how the 49ers and Bears kind of mirror each other. Uh, this season. And that's another way that they do is honestly, both fan bases, I think are frustrated with these coaches, Matt Nagy more so maybe than Kyle Shanahan. But I think that a lot of people are starting to lose the rose colored goggles in the Bay area. He initially comes in, you know, you've got to give him a couple seasons. He's known to be this offensive juggernaut for his excellent play calling creativity. The 49ers in his third season, make it to the Super Bowl, Don't quite get through, you know, don't quite get the job done, but they make it there. Um, so I think initially after that, there was like this honeymoon phase where everyone's like, oh my gosh, we love Kyle Shanahan. He's coming in here and really making an impact. And then after the disappointing 2020 season, now it's 2021. There aren't as many excuses. We aren't dealing with the COVID season. The 49ers haven't had the injuries that we saw last season. It was just like they were dropping like flies one after the other. This season, there's not that excuse either. So I think a lot of people are starting to point the finger at Kyle Shanahan. I'm seeing a lot of fans turning on him on Twitter. You don't want to go on 49ers Twitter uh, this week. Because Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> <laughs> it's been rough. I mean, like people are, people are calling for his head. People want him fired like now. Uh, people are, if not, they're saying that his job needs to be on the chopping block, uh, depending on how the 49ers do in these next few games. And some people, they're like, if they don't win this weekend, we want to see him gone. So the fan base has turned on him, I want to say, fairly quickly. But I think that in 2021, there was kind of, you saw some of the doubt where people are like, what's actually going on here with this Kyle Shanahan guy? And But you just had all these other factors in play. The COVID seasons weren't normal, and the 49ers also had so many injuries. But this year, it's like, What's the excuse here? You know, what's going on? And then people are just getting so frustrated with the quarterback situation. Why will Kyle Shanahan not start rookie Trey Lance? Especially at this point in the season, they're two and four. Most fans do not see this 49ers team as even being playoff contenders. Definitely not Super Bowl contenders. I think that's very clear. But they're saying, so why not put Trey Lance in the game? Why not give him starts? Why not give him the playing time and the opportunity to develop if we know this team isn't going to win a Super Bowl? Uh, and Kyle Shanahan flat out said after Sunday's game, well, I'm not going to just give 
players time just to get experience. I'm not going to be doing that. Jimmy Garoppolo, there's no open competition. That's what he said after Sunday's games. A lot of us in the media were kind of scratching our heads because we're like, well, Jimmy's 0-3 in his last three starts. Your team isn't doing well. Why isn't it an open competition? You trade it up to get Trey Lance. You know, he's the potential at least to be a generational talent if developed properly. And, you know, he's injury free and all the other factors are in play. But why isn't there a competition? You trade it up for this for this young man. It just there are a lot of things that I think fans are really starting to question at this point in the season with the team having lost four straight games. Yeah, Shanahan and Matt Nagy could be brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, they, they could, but they're about the same age, though. They could be. a support group for the two of them, just, you know, yeah. deal with some fan hate that they are both getting right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, look, we're, we're trying to find some bright spots for the Bears. We, we're still, Sid and I are still in our, our front, Chrissy. We're still trying. Uh, what about the 49ers? Have there been some brights? There has to have been some bright, bright spots, right? I mean, you know, Samuel's been good, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. You know, Trent Williams, want, you know, he's probably going to be out. The defense is okay. I mean, you got Nick Bosa, you got or Eric Armstead, so they're, they're still pretty good. So are there any bright spots with the 49ers? Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, the defense has been solid. Um, in the game against the Colts, I don't think that our defense looked bad necessarily at all. Um, so I think that's been somewhat of a positive, like you said, not outstanding, but we have seen several stars emerging in the run game. I will say Elijah Mitchell, a rookie running back who was picked in the sixth round, uh, yeah. is making Kyle Shannon look a little bit good or John Lynch, at least depending on whichever one of them had the eyes for him because he has been injured a couple times, but he had a huge game. I mean, he was what was working well for the 49ers in the first quarter. They were able to score on their opening drive and Elijah Mitchell had a hundred yards in the first half. Uh, they didn't turn back as much to the run game in the second half, and a lot of people were questioning why, but rookie six-round draft pick Elijah Mitchell uh, I think has the potential to be a star in this league. Um, he has dealt a little bit with injuries early on, but like we saw a really impressive performance out of him, and I think that if the 49ers continue to lean into the run game a little bit, I think that we will see some more uh, players evolve. Michael Hasty is another one who was a fifth round draft pick, I think, last season, but he's in his second season and he's shown some spurts of potentially being really talented. Uh, the running game was a big question mark after the 49ers lost Raheem Mostert, who they're expecting to be their go to guy. But several players have stepped up. So I think that's a positive that we do have some young players with potential. Uh, I think there's just too many other question marks, though, for this team to really be a solid team. But I would say run game potentially a bright spot. Um, I think the offensive line actually has played really well. Another rookie that we saw step up, Jalen Moore, uh, stepped in at left tackle for Trent Williams in mm -hmm. this past Sunday's game. And he actually had a really, really nice showing in his first start ever. So that's something that's promising. So, you know, some of the rookies and you've got Trey Lance, I think they had a really good class come in. Uh, the question is though, why they can't put it all together, but at least those are some positives I would take away. Uh, Chicago native and KRN TV sports reporter from the Bay Area, Kyle and Mills, is kind enough to join us here on a hashtag Football Friday, right here on Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Before we move on to the Warriors, Kyle, one last question for me regarding the 49ers. Brandon Ayu, their star right receiver. I know NBC talked about his target, uh, the number limited number of targets that he's been receiving throughout the season, mm -hmm. is which has been very limited. Do you expect him to do anything on Sunday or? Uh, uh, do you think uh, they'll have a game plan uh, to give him the ball at least? Because as you mentioned with all the entries, uh, San Francisco has a lack of uh, offensive playmakers right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, San Francisco does. You're absolutely right, Sid. Um, whether we'll see him 
potentially get the ball in his hands more? I don't think so. And Brandon Ayuk has been another big, bizarre question mark for the 49ers this season. Why are they not playing Trey Lance? The number one question and the number two question people are coming up with is why aren't they playing Brandon Ayuk? He saw a lot of time last year as a rookie, and he showed a lot of potential. He made some great, really dazzling plays. Um, so I'm not really – a lot of people aren't really understanding why he still hasn't received more plays and just gotten more time this season. It seems to be something weird going on with Kyle Shanahan where he had openly told the media, well, Brandon Ayuk didn't have a good camp. He didn't come in ready. He didn't look like his usual self. Um, but at this point in the season, we're like, hey, the offense is not working clearly. Why are you not giving him a chance to be a spark when you mentioned there just is a lack of offensive playmakers right now? Uh, so there seems to be some kind of weird Kyle Shanahan being stubborn. I don't know, but none of us in the media can really figure out why we haven't seen more Brandon Ayuk because as a rookie, he really showed flashes of greatness. Uh, given Debo Samuel was injured last season, all of last season. So you do have to take that into account um, mm -hmm. for why he maybe saw more time. Uh, he was up there competing for the wide receiver one position. But still, this season, I mean, they need more playmakers in general. Why not give Brandon Ayuk a chance? We're not – I'm not Kyle Shannon. I don't know that answer. But Kyle Shannon has been very, very stubborn about giving him that opportunity. I don't think we're going to see it against the Bears. I think they're going to rely heavily on the run game again, just given Jimmy Garoppolo's poor performance he was coming off of last week. And I think both these teams are going to, you know, put a lot of stock into the run game. What do you all think? Uh, yeah, I think I think the running game is going to be the key. I, I feel mm -hmm. like, you know what, I think, you know, Clear Herbert actually has shown some flashes, and we just saw that Khalil Mack is going to be out. So that's going to be another thing. So that could help the running game for the 49ers a little bit. So I'm a big fan of A's football, as Sid would accuse me of. So this could be a, <laughs> this could be a nine, six, you know, six, yes. three, ten, seven type of game. I'm already saying it. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a close and low scoring game for sure. I, I have a surprise for all you guys. This game will end at a tie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we still deserve that punishment. That could happen too. Like, okay, you know what? I don't. I'm getting depressed talking about you know both these teams. <laughs> some good stuff here on the Bay Area going on the Bay Area. Yeah. The, warrior, the yes. Warriors. The Warriors. Say, throw now, some Warriors questions at me, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, look, the Warriors, unfortunately, they lost to the Grizzlies. You know, John Morant is just, you know, amazing. Had 30 points. But look, look Steph, Steph has some good looks. You know, Damian Lee has some good looks late. Um, you know, what, where do you think the, the seal is for the Warriors? I mean, they're 4-1 they're right now. They have the, one of the best records in the West. And Clay's not back yet. He'll probably be back around, I think, what, December or January, somewhere yeah. around there. So where do you think the ceiling is for the Warriors? Uh, I think if the Warriors stay healthy with Clay Thompson back, this team could be contenders. I know there's been a lot of hype. People are saying that. But having seen them in person, I really think they could be. Uh, last night's game was a little bit of an anomaly. They've been playing well early on, but turnovers just absolutely killed the Warriors last night. Yeah. 22 turnovers. I was at the game. That's every single player who came into the post game said, why you? It was the turnovers. That was 100% what they they looked at. That was the stat Steve Kerr looked at. But he's like, the good news is that's something that's fixable. That's something you can clean up. That's something that you can take this as a learning lesson and move forward and, you know, try to do better the next game and potentially win. So that's something that's, 
I don't want to say easy to fix, but something that's fixable um, in Steve Kerr's mind anyway. So I think the Warriors could be contenders if Clay Thompson comes back healthy. And that's a really big if. Um, right now, Christmas, I think, is where they're shooting for. He's supposed to come back and play fully in practice for the first time in the next month. And then that will be very telling as far as when he can come back. Will he stay healthy? But just with all the injuries he's had, an Achilles and an ACL, it just I feel like it's hard to put all your money on him coming back and being fully healthy and in a full capacity because for the Warriors to be contenders, he has to be back. They have to have that second threat alongside Steph Curry. Right now, um, Jordan Poole, the youngster, has been starting at the two spot in Clay Thompson's position. Mm-hmm. When we saw him, he struggled last night, just nine points. He's still going through some growing pains. He's not ready to be that really second go-to guy behind yeah. Steph Curry, the second player who's going to draw defenders away from Curry and maybe give Curry some time. Something interesting last night uh, that us we were noting in the media is that Steph didn't score in the fourth quarter or overtime. And we asked him about that after the game. And he said, well, you know, I'm at the point in my career where defenses know what I'm going to do. And if they haven't figured it out by early on in the game, they figured it out by the end of the game. Also something his teammates mentioned is that, well, we've got to do a better job of drawing defenders away from Steph and getting him early shots because Steph was very hot, 22 points in the first half. Well, of course he's drawing all the defenders, you know, from there on out. If you get burned by Steph once, you know, you learn that you're not looking away from him for a second. But so that means he has to have other perimeter scoring threats that are drawing defenders. And right now the Warriors don't necessarily have that. Clay Thompson would completely change the game. So I think their season totally hinges on him coming back healthy. Uh, staying with the Warriors, Kylan, um, Andrew Wiggins, of course, he, he made some headlines about his hesitation again in the vaccine. Of course, he got it. It seems like to me watching him in the first couple of games, uh, he's really uh, been refined. Of course, uh, he was with the Warriors last year. He had his ups and downs. But uh, it seems like to me uh, this year he's starting to turn around. What do you expect from him this year? Yeah, Andrew Wiggins has had a great start to the season, Sydney. Um, I think that he'll continue to see a bigger role. I think that he'll continue to fall into a rhythm. Uh, you know, two seasons ago, he joins the Warriors really during a tumultuous time. Steph Curry had that injury. And, you know, he was forced to pick up a lot of the offensive weight. And that wasn't an easy position to be in. Uh, last season was his first time playing alongside Steph Curry. So you still have a little bit of some of the growing pains for him and just learning how to play with different players. Last season, the Warriors were very close to making it into the postseason. And that was with a team that I don't want to say was an entirely new team, but a lot of players still learning how to play together. Steph had missed that previous season. And then again, you've got emerging stars like Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, never played alongside Steph. Um, So, I mean, I think it's taken some time just for these players to really gel and build some chemistry. This season, we're seeing a lot better chemistry uh, when it comes to the Warriors. They have had like 30 assists in almost in every game. I don't know what the Mm -hmm. average is after last night, but we're seeing a lot of assists because they're sharing the ball. They're passing well. There seems to be a good chemistry there, good communication. They talked about it a lot during preseason about, wow, this year's team, it's been really easy. Um, And I think that Andrew Wiggins fits in great with that. I think at this point, uh, we're only going to see him continue to fall into a rhythm. He looks more comfortable out there. He looks more confident. He knows when to compliment Steph. He knows when to dish. So I think that he will be an important role player. I just still see that Clay Thompson uh, being the guy, you know, that really yep. draws defenders mm-hmm. because of what an incredible shooter he is. Uh, granted, he was not named one of the top 75 NBA players. He was a little salty, but he is claiming that he is the 77th best 
all-time player in the NBA. Absolutely <laughs> guarding, right? I mean, he's right. still a sharpshooter. So, <laughs> but Wiggins, I think, has fit in really nicely, and he seems like he's fully adjusted to the Warrior system now. So, I think we'll see a great season from him, or at least I hope. Yeah, if you saw you saw uh, Thompson's comments after that list came out, he was not yeah. very happy that he wasn't <laughs> on that list. So that was just, uh, that was just. Uh, but I'm sure some of it he might have been kidding with some parts. But I don't know. Yeah. But uh, but uh, look, uh, Iggy, Iggy's back. Andre Iguodala is back with the Warriors. Uh, what kind of contributions are they, are they expecting from him? Is it going to be like kind of like that? You know, that veteran guide off the bench is going to be kind of like the, the a part coach, if you will. You know, helping out mm-hmm. with Coach Kerr and the rest of the staff or. Well, what, what exactly is going to what, – what are they expecting from Iggy? You know. That's an interesting point because that's something that Steve Kerr has been asked about a lot. Um, just last week when I was at Warriors practice, he Steve Kerr made a comment that Andre Guadalla might not know this yet, but the second he retires, he's joining my coaching staff. <laughs> he, does, <laughs> he does have a great veteran presence. I know we all kind of laughed in the media. We're like, oh, he doesn't know it yet, but he's going to. Um, He does have a great veteran presence, and he already at this point is like a player coach because of how many years he has in the league, his experience level. But Steve Kerr also said he wants to make clear that he is not just on the team this year just to be a player coach. He is going to get minutes, and he's going to get meaningful minutes. Uh, Andre Guadalla, to me – is the best is still one of the best defenders in the league and easily the best defender for his age. I mean, given how long he's been in the league, we've seen him early in the season. You still see him making shots, making steals. He has great hands and you don't just lose that. So I think he can still make meaningful contributions off the bench. And we've seen that already in just the Warriors first couple of games. Uh, Moving forward, I think the trick with him is going to be managing minutes and making sure he stays healthy. That's something uh, Iguodala himself has talked about a lot a lot during some of these post games. Well, yeah, now I put in big minutes. I mean, he's he's put in 24 minutes, for example. He's like, I got to know when to, you know, take the foot off the gas a little bit and now listen to my body and maybe rest, take a day off from practice. So for him, I think that he actually could be a huge presence off the bench and could really help the Warriors, but it's going to be just trying to manage minutes, stay healthy, and do what he's able to do and not too much. Halfway home with the Chicago native Kylan Mills from KRON Television in the Bay Area is joining us right here on the Hashtag Football Friday, live in living color on Second City Sports, Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakin here with you. Kylan, let's turn up the juice. You were born and raised here in Chicago. Uh, we'd like to know uh, where were you? Um, we know you were born in Chicago. City, suburbs, high school, college, uh, where did it all begin? Where did you get that passion from sports from? Oh, good question. Uh, so technically, don't don't kill me, but I am a suburban kid. Uh, I know people from city proper will be like, oh, well, why do you say you're from Chicago? But hey, if you live outside of Illinois, which I have had to move around all my career, uh, I'm not telling anyone I'm from Elmhurst, Illinois. They have no clue. It's right over their head. So uh, <laughs> I'll in all my bios and, and whatever else. But I'm not a Chicago proper girl. Uh, I was born and raised in Elmhurst, went to York High School, just in the West Suburbs. Uh, I stayed around the Chicago area for college. I actually went to Lewis University, which is in Southwest suburbs in Romeoville, right near Joliet. Played soccer there for four years, played a year of tennis there. Uh, They have Division II sports, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, Loved playing sports and decided I wanted to combine my love for sports and broadcasting. I got a taste of broadcasting in high school, actually. York had like a morning announcements show, which I don't know if 
you know, you've seen those at any high schools around you guys uh, lately, but it's kind of becoming a thing. But back in the day, uh, my school started a morning announcements, little TV show that aired on for like five minutes every morning. And I was like, well, that looks like fun first period instead of taking AP stats or something. I'm going to try it, <laughs> um, you know, especially early in the morning. It was first period. So I'm like, this is great. You know, you can kind of just roll in and, and ease into your day. And the morning announcements crew was kind of fun. So I signed up for the class, fell in love with it, went to Lewis University, studied broadcast journalism. And, you know, I've always been an athlete myself. And obviously growing up in Chicago, how are you not a sports fan if you grow up in Chicago? Uh, there you I was, go. Born, in, I was exactly. born in 1990, so that'll tell you how old I am. But growing up in an era where the 90s Bulls were like the big thing, like I just loved the Bulls. My dad was a diehard Bulls fan. Um, so, I mean, the passion just grew from an early age. But I think that Chicago sports fans in particular are very passionate. It's actually interesting. The Bay Area reminds me a little bit of it just because two fantastic sports towns with very passionate fan bases. Yes. Growing up in, in the Chicago area, it's easy to get sucked in, you know? Of course, of course, absolutely. Yeah, don't worry about it, Kyle. And the folks yeah. in Aurora and they will claim Chicago. Uh, you from Alberta, so you claim Chicago too. So it's yeah, Alberta <laughs> isn't that far. Oh, I've heard people from Rockford say they're from Chicago. Uh, yeah, so. which, there which, you go. Right. Yeah, see, there you go. It's, it's all there. I said, you know, I see that you're also a Cubs fan, Kylan. I mean, you know, of course, you know, they got a new, you know, new GM and Carter Hawkins. Where do you think the I know you know you cover the Giants as well. So where do you think the where do you think this, uh, the the Cubs? What direction do you think the Cubs are going to go to next season? Assuming that you know we don't have like a long work stoppage. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the Cubs! You guys have to bring up a fresh wound. That was tough. Uh, hey, look at me! I'm a White Sox fan. We lost yeah, in the first round of playoffs, so let's join the party. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. That was also that was also a heartbreaker. The White Sox. Like, can we just? play in the postseason how we played during the season like like what is it like what's going on down the south side where i feel like that was such a huge disappointment after how great they looked during the regular season yes it yeah yeah, um, yeah Sid, i want some answers <laughs> yes yeah, yeah tell them. i'm neutral so like then we'll get to the cup but first i want some answers <laughs> uh, you know for the white Sox, you know we need second base right field which we talked about last hour lakina second base oh no second we need second base with a right field gavin sheets you know he came in with some big hits especially with some home runs this year uh he's still the last white Sox played to hit a home run in the playoff game so there 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 goes that uh michael kopek I expect him to step into rotation, starting rotation next year. And Carlos Rodon, he's a free agent. I was actually at the game against your Cubs, Kylan, back in right. August. We we struck out eleven through uh, five and a half innings before they started shutting him down. And and he's he's been good for the Sox after the injury. He had the no hitter last year, but I think uh, the the price that he's going to command, I don't think the Sox are willing to pay for it. So I, I think that that uh, Carlos Rodon, unfortunately, is no will no longer be in the White Sox uniform. Well, you're still better off than my Chicago Cubs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is an entire rebuilding phase. I do want to say something really quickly heading into next season. I still am seeing fans on Twitter, on Instagram saying, bring back Chris Bryant, bring back Anthony Rizzo, bring back Javier Baez. I just think those days are over. I don't see any of them coming back to the Cubs. I know a lot of fans would love to see it, but I just think that unfortunately the relationships have been soured uh to, and they're too far to to recover at this point. Um, from the little bit that I've gotten to talk to Chris Bryant while he was with the Giants, um, it seemed like this was a really, really needed move for him. He was ready to get out of Chicago just because of, I think, the way that some of the negotiations went. And, you know, we don't know all the fine details, but 
uh, he was relieved flat out when he got the news that he was being traded, but also that he was coming to San Francisco because he ended up at, you know, a pot potential contender and though unfortunate uh, ending in game five, of the NLDS, but he came into a great program. Uh, but I don't see any of the stars that they let go going back to the Cubs. And I know, like I said, I feel like that's something that I see fans still wish for because just there was so much love for Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant and Javier Baez. Like that's something my mom still texts me about. And, you know, she mm -hmm. follows all three of them now, like, you know, <laughs> what they're doing in the postseason following them all on Instagram, sending me pictures of family. Oh, look how cute Javier Baez's kids are, you know, and this Aww. is, this is really the team for Cubs fans, you know, like those are the guys that, that won yeah. the first world series in over a century. Like yes. fans just, I feel like have such an attachment to those players. It's just going to be a really, I think it's going to take some time for fans to really latch on to whatever direction the Cubs decide to go. But I think they're really going to be starting from scratch. Like, they've got to, you know, make some moves in the off season because obviously we saw how rough uh, the end of 2021 finished out for them playing flat out, you know, just some minor league caliber players in some positions. So they're going to have to make some moves and it looks like they're just going to have to rebuild because I don't think any of the former stars are coming back for sure. Um, if Mustard fans might like to see it, it was a very sad day. It was a very sad day. <laughs> <laughs> when the news came down, like expecting definitely one, maybe two, but to see all three of the core and then, you know, add in a couple others like Kimbrell and whoever else. But it, it was it was rough. It was real rough. Yeah. Since we have the last couple minutes with you left, Kyle, we'd like to bring in our buddy from KXRB Radio in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. She's going to join us next to do her uh, football picks. Uh, another uh, Chicago win, uh, Miss Christine right. Manica. Christine, welcome to the show. This is Kyle and Mills. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Good, doing good, good, doing good. Happy Halloween. Yeah, happy, happy Halloween to you, too. Don't you do anything is... stupid, Christine. Yeah, so I wanted to bring her on with you, uh, Kylan, because uh, I saw on your uh, Twitter about a week or so ago, you spoke to your uh, alma mater at Lewis University about uh, giving back to the next generation. We try to do what we can in helping yeah. the, the next broadcasters uh, pursue their careers. Uh, uh, talk to us, uh, what was that feeling like? That's awesome. I think it's so important to try to give back and try to you know teach the next generation. That's something I'm super passionate about. Uh, family, friends, former students, you know, I've been trying to work with them. I've got a student uh, that one of my professors hooked me up with uh, last year who I'm still working with, trying to get the real, trying to get them their first job. But uh, it's always awesome. It's awesome to see the, you know, young broadcasting stars coming up, although, you know, they're all still starry eyed and, well, who does your hair? Uh, where's your makeup artist? I'm like, uh, there's none, kids. Nope. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So uh, forget your ideas that you're going to graduate college and be living in a mansion and have, you know, uh, your stylists and, and all that doing your hair and makeup. Uh, so it's kind of fun. I want to just try to make sure though that they're prepared for what the real world is because, you know, broadcasting is just such a tough industry. And the more prepared you can be coming out of college, the better chances that you have of really succeeding in this career. And, you know, only the strong survive in broadcasting. I'm sure all of you guys can attest to that. Yes, or that yes absolutely. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fun, but I try to do everything I can just to make sure they're ready for making that jump into the real world because it's such a huge jump. I mean, going from doing whatever in college, like we had a college newscast, but we would do one story a week, and now it's like, oh, can you do 
multiple hits on this story in the next two hours. It's like, oh, okay. You know, it's like deadlines come. It just, the real world is, is, you know, just a whole different beast. So it's a lot of fun. It was awesome to get to talk to some students down in the Southwest suburbs, uh, but just hopefully trying to get them ready, get them ready for the next step because, you know, it, it's a big jump and this, this industry can be tough. And thank you Christine, for doing that, Do you have a Kyle. question for Kyle Linton? Do I have a question? Yeah, or a comment. Do I have a question or a comment? I don't know. I went to Queen of Peace High School, so I kind of laughed when I said when I heard you say, "Oh, we say that we're from Chicago, but nobody else like." Well, like I grew up in Riverside, Illinois, by Brookfield Zoo. So yeah, say, oh yeah, Riverside, and everyone's like, "What?" I'm like, "It's just Chicago. It's just a western suburb." So I kind of laughed <laughs> when you said that. Yeah, my career has taken me all over. Like at some point, and you get enough of people saying, "What? Where's Riverside?" Wait, wait. You know, it's like the last. Exactly. Thing the and I'm uh, glad I'm not the only one that's moved around a lot too. I'm still yes. in my first market area, second job. Technically, I've been lucky where I haven't had to move again. So oh, awesome. I'm holding off for a little bit. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, good for you. Um, but yeah, at some point, you just say Chicago. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. If you talk to Chicagoans, don't say Chicago, but to everyone else, it's like same difference. Same difference. <laughs> right, exactly. As long as, long as you're in Cook County, like that's so yes. <laughs> that's that's always what I tell people. Like, like as long as they're from Cook County, you know, you can claim that you're from Chicago. Yeah. All right, Kyla, thank you so much for joining. This has been so much fun. We gotta do this again. Uh, where can people yes. find you on social media? Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys so much for having me. Y'all are awesome. Uh Twitter at Kylan Mills. I feel like all, I try to make all my handles as easy as possible. Literally my first and last name. Same thing. I'm on Facebook, journalist Kylan Mills, Instagram at Kylan Mills as well. You know, so K-Y-L-E-N. I know my name is a little bit tricky in the spelling, but if you get that, you'll find me on any social media platform. So I just keep it simple, you know, straightforward. So yeah, look me up anywhere. Uh, it's been awesome talking to you guys. So thank you so much for having me on. Oh, thank, thank you. you for, yeah, thank you for coming on, Kylan. We're definitely glad to do this again re real soon. So we had fun with you. I hope you had fun with us. Uh, enjoy that game on Sunday. It's going to be ugly. We're it's going to be interesting, but uh, it should be fun uh, um, any way you look at it. Thanks again for joining us. You keep up the great work, young lady. We'll definitely have you back on again. And you guys, awesome. you said stay safe, Kylan. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, go Bears. Yes. All right. <laughs> First. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, that was Kylan Mills. Again, you can go at Kylan Mills on the Twitter. And uh, we've had a busy show. And look, you're looking at having a good friend joining us. Uh, unfortunately, guys, we got some breaking news here. Uh, Adrian Wojnowski is reporting that Patrick Williams is done for the year with that wrist injury. So uh, I, 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 I'm I already like. I saw that. And I'm like, seriously? Wow. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm 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 hurt right now. I I can't. I know. I know. I can only imagine what our, our buddy Matt Peck is is going through right now. I know he. Somebody needs to do a well-being check on him. I think this is. Oh, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good news check. for the Bulls. Yes, not good yeah. news for the Bulls. Oy. Yeah, just add insult to injury. What happened with the game last night? Now this uh, uh is is not good. But we'll see. Well, the players step up, and let's see if AK or and Mark Eversley can do at the trade deadline. Yeah, gonna have to do that. So let's let's talk really quick about that game last night between the Packers and the Cardinals. You you don't think AJ Green is somehow like kicking himself? You know, I'm sure he's having like that weird like flashbacks. Like was all Douglas. I mean, just a heads up play by him. Just you know, he was just like right there. Oh, I oh well, the ball's to me. Okay, you know, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, where's the flag? Where's the flag? Here. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> what was Rogers doing with his helmet? Was he doing Halloween a little bit early? What was going on? <laughs> that, was, that was weird. That was just a weird, yeah. That was a I weird think it's game. Hilarious. Well, and also too, you know, the fact that he was able to win, of course they would win, you know, he would be able to win without, you know, three of his top receivers going up Devontae yeah, Adams sure. due to COVID. I mean, their defense stepped up. I mean, uh, you know, if, if you're Arizona, you're probably kicking themselves because that should have been a touchdown, but <laughs> it's okay. It, it, yeah, right. But look, that's a big implication too for the especially for the playoffs, especially if they end up having the same record. Packers gonna have the tiebreaker, so yeah. And yeah, especially I think now. Aaron said to, oh, I'm sorry, Sid. <laughs> no, go, go ahead, Christine. Go ahead, I was going to say, I think Aaron had said to Kyler Murray, hey, I'll see you at the playoffs. So he already knows that this isn't the last time that they're going to see each other. Yeah, just like last year, instead of four bye weeks, there are two bye weeks, one per conference. So that, that mm -hmm, could yep. determine the NC championship game or even a divisional playoff matchup. It could be in Lambeau. So it's, uh, it's still a long way to go. So uh, yeah. so that game last night could uh, make it a mighty long way. Lakina, let's go. No audible here. And let's go straight into our picks for week eight in the National Football League. Hopefully the games will be a little bit better than they were last week. Uh, uh, what were our results from last week? I know yours truly did well. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did pretty. <laughs> well, yeah, you but well, well, we actually all did pretty well. Uh, you had okay. nine. You won nine games. I won nine games. You know, you won eight. Uh, Christine, you're two games behind. You're two games behind. I, we're you and I are still tied, Sid. So you know, but looking for some separation this week. You got the Ravens and the Raiders on by. So adjust your uh fantasy leagues accordingly, folks. Um, going right to it, this first uh, noon game, you got the Bengals and the one and five Jets. Uh, I'll start this one too, change it up a little bit. Uh, the Bengals should win this one. I, I don't think they're gonna have this letdown from last last week's you know game, you know, hammering uh, the Ravens. If they can do what they're supposed to, if they can, you know, if, if Bro can avoid the turnovers, you know, the O line keep them upright, the defense do what they're supposed to do, they should be able to, to win this game pretty handily. No Zach Wilson, uh, no defense. Uh, Cincinnati should keep their heads uh, above water, and they should do what they're supposed to do. I know they favor by 10.5, but I got Cincinnati for this one. I got Cincinnati, too, and I got to say, I'm impressed by their game that they had last week. I was like, is this really the score? Am I watching football or basketball? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm very impressed with this team. They're definitely better than a lot of people think. And this one should be a no brainer with the Jets, unfortunately. So, yeah, Cincinnati. All right. Should, you know, this one here should be really, should be a lot of fun. The AFC South, our buddy Spiro Diaz from the show from CBS will be calling this game with AJ Feely. You got the Titans and the Colts. I know the Colts are three and four, but they're coming off a big win against San Fran. The information San Francisco City. You start this one. I know Indianapolis is favored by two and a half. I know the Titans, as I told you on this show last Friday, that they were going to beat the Chiefs, and that's exactly what they did. <laughs> the Colts, uh, I had them losing last week, so that was one of my couple losses that I had last week. But with that being said, uh, I'm, I'm going to jump on that Colts bandwagon. It's going to be a close game. It's a They're both division rivals. Tennessee, they're going to come back down to earth a little bit. They're still a good team, but they need to come back down to reality. So I, I have the Colts in the in in field goal at home. Yeah, I was going to say this is a big division game. And, you know, Derrick Henry, could he could actually have one of the biggest games of the season so far. And, mm -hmm. and tight ends could end up with this win. But 
I don't know. You know me and the Colts. I just don't trust them. Like, it's so hard for me to say that the Colts could win this one. And I know that this is going to be a, a tough game, too. I, I don't know. I, I think I want to – I'm going to kick myself in the teeth for this. I'm going to say Tennessee for this just because I don't trust the Colts. Oh. <laughs> I just oh. don't – even though they're at home, I, I just can't do it. Oh gosh, uh, this I've been back and forth with this one. I I, I should pick the Colts book there at home, but the Titans have Derrick Henry, so mm-hmm. even though the run defense is actually pretty good, but you know I'm gonna pick the Titans too. I I I might regret it later, so but right. <laughs> who knows? Uh, the Rams and the Texans. Uh, Davis Mills will be starting the game despite you know Tyrod Taylor being back at practice. It'll probably be a couple weeks before he comes back. Christine, you start this one. Short and sweet, it's the Rams. They're having a really good season this year, and you can really tell that having Stafford on as the as the leader for them, he has the right tools in his toolbox. I think I've mentioned that before, and everything's aligning for him right now on the rest of the Rams. So, yeah, it's got to be Los Angeles. Uh, not the Packers. The Rams are the best team in the NFC next to the Buccaneers. The Rams got their scare last week, as I suggested on Friday, even though I picked the Rams to win that one. Uh, Houston, they got a bunch of problems. Yeah. Uh, the Rams, the Rams should dominate this one like they did against the Giants on the road a couple of weeks ago. So I'm going with Los Angeles. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like I think you know if you ask Matthew Stafford, I think he feels like he let the lot on the table against his former team, the Lions. You know, mm-hmm. there was a lot of emotions there, so I think he's going to take. I think he's going to take it out in Texas. There's just too much stuff going on, and you know, trades, you know, galore. So um, you know, if the Rams don't blow them out, you know, shame on them. I'll just say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is one here in the ASC North. You got the Steelers fresh off a bye and the, the four and three Browns. Sid, you start this one. Uh, the question is, will Bacon Mayfield play? Me personally, I don't think he should. Case Keenum uh, did a nice job last Thursday against the Broncos. Uh, whoever can run the ball for Cleveland, uh, uh, that'll be a great game plan. Pittsburgh on the other side. Ben Roethlisberger, as we, we said before, he's getting old. He's um, old in the two. He, he, too many shots to the body makes you look like the way he looks right now. I think it's going to be a close one. I know the Browns are favored by three and a half, but I, I'm, I'm going with Cleveland. It should be no excuse why they don't, they don't win this one. Yeah, it, it's really hard to say, Sid. And, and Pittsburgh, they've had their struggles too a lot this season. Like you said, Big Ben's getting old. They've had injuries too. And without Baker, trust me, I'm feeling it, especially in my fantasy league. I am feeling it. <laughs> because he was my backup to Wilson and that just all blew up in my face so and this is a home game for the Browns and and we saw what happened week one when the Browns played the Vikings how electric that stadium is and basically it threw off the Vikings by a landslide for sure so I'm gonna go with Cleveland I feel like I should step out here, but I but I'm not that crazy. I'm picking the I'm picking the Browns. I, mean, I think <laughs> look, I'm look. Case Keenum is actually a pretty formidable uh, veteran, so look, he knows the system, and yeah. I'm not too worried about that. You know, the other the other Steelers defense is pretty questionable, so he should be able to get through that no problem. It'll be close, but I think the Browns win this one. Um, Eagles and Lions. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go for it. I'm picking the Lions. They have their first game this season. Ooh. I I you know hurts. Ooh. You know there's a you know, there's a lot of people there saying that maybe hurts. You know should not be you know be the starter. The people they're they're a guard or Minshew chance. Joe Flacco won't won't be ready by by then. So you know if people want Flacco to play for the Eagles <laughs> today, that's not happening. 
So, but look, Dan Campbell's going to throw all types of, you know, tools in the, you know, in the tool belt. So I think the Lions somehow pull this one out and they get their first win of the season. As usual, Akina Seals is one of my surprise picks. So I'm jumping on that bandwagon. Oh, I'm going with Detroit. Is that <laughs> jumping on this bandwagon? <laughs> Come on, Stop guys. Yeah. Uh, we all know how bad Detroit is. And, you know, they're still trying to figure themselves out as a team. It, it will be a close game. Detroit has the home field advantage. I, I can't do it. I'm stepping out of the box for this one and saying the Eagles. I, I can't pick Detroit. But the uh, but Detroit gave the Rams all they could handle last week. It wasn't I like they made it interesting at the I end. Know. They hung with them from start to finish. Come on. I, uh, should I should I just do it and join you guys and just say Detroit? Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it. One time, the one time I'm picking Detroit, and if I'm wrong, and if they win, I will eat my words next week. Okay. All right, we got to see. All right, fair. All right, fair if enough. Lose, I'll say I was right, and I'll say eat my words, Sid. Just eat it. Okay. 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 All right, that's fair. Fair Yay. enough. Fair enough. Uh, you know, a good one here in the NFC South. You got the Panthers, kind of like in a free fall, going against the Falcons. Uh, I think the Falcons. You know, I think they're kind of like starting to kind of find their niche a little bit. So this will be a close one, but I, I'm picking the Falcons. I trust Matt Ryan than I do uh, Sam Darrell at this point. Yeah, you stole my words. Uh, Matt Ryan, he, despite that turnover that almost cost him the game last week at Miami, I still had to. Uh, I still trust the Falcons. So I'm going with Atlanta. Man, the Panthers on the uh, four-game losing streak. Sam Darnold, as you said, going back to his old self. Until I see consistency from them. No, I don't trust Carolina. I'm going with Atlanta. Yeah, it, it's a tough one. Falcons have won two straight. Panthers have lost four straight. The Panthers are really struggling offensively. Come on, Matt Ryan. Get something right. <laughs> so let's go, Falcons. All right, a good one here in the AFC East. Uh, Dolphins and the Bills fresh come, coming off fresh from a, a by the Bills are. So, the Bills are not going to be in a very good mood after losing that one against the Titans. I think Josh Allen has his best game of the season. You know, there's a lot of, you know, turmoil going on with the Dolphins. So, plus, you know, plus all that equals a Bills blowout. So, I'm picking the Bills. Short and sweet the Bills. That's it. Yeah, like, remember that? You can't do it. Like, it's hopeless. Remember that game last year in Buffalo, guys, with no fans and Miami had a playoff uh Birth on the line, they got their heads blown off. I expect to see that again. So I'm yeah. going with Buffalo this time with fans. Right, exactly. I'm sure. They, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be that place. Gonna be rocking for sure. Uh, Christine, you start this one. Patriots and Chargers versus the three o'clock games. This is this is gonna be another good one too. I've been very impressed with how Matt Jones has been handling everything coming off you know a, a rookie season he is in his rookie season dealing with coach Belichick and his antics and just having a, a pretty good team surrounding him too and uh now Mac Jones is my is my uh quarterback for fantasy this week so uh, but I don't know it, it's tough I like to think of it this way you have a rookie quarter a quarterback going up against someone that's been in the league for a year now. That, that's how I'm kind of looking at it. Both are still relatively new in the league. But uh, uh, I, I think I'm going to have to go with the Chargers. It's a home game for them, so let's see what they can do. 
Yeah, we'll see how many um, quote unquote New England fans will be at SoFi Stadium because Tom Brady's no longer it's there. Be warmer than, uh, than what <laughs> right. they're with right, right now. Right. <laughs> right. Justin, yeah, Justin Herbert, three touchdown passes. Book it. I got the Chargers by 10 points. Mm hmm. Yeah, the Chargers are coming off a bye, and I, I know some people want to pick you know, the upset of the, with the Patriots, but mm -hmm. the defense, I think you, I think the Chargers defense is more trustworthy than the Patriots defense, mm -hmm. and so I, I kind of feel like Herbert Kutzenhur has got a lot to prove still, so it's going to be close, but I think the Chargers pull away late, So, but it should be a fun one. Um, yeah. All right, got the got the one and five Jags against the two and five Seahawks. Sit, you start this one. Uh, can we call this a tie? Yeah, <laughs> especially <laughs> after we, <laughs> especially game, after we saw what happened with the with the Saints and, and Seahawks last Monday night. Good grief! I want to go with the Jaguars, even though they had ten days off and they won their last game. Urban Mike keeps his job for now. Uh, Seattle, they had the home field advantage. I know they favored by three and a half. It, it, it's a toss up. I know I'm going to regret this in the morning, but I'm going with Seattle. Same with me. <laughs> i got to go with Seattle, too. I agree. I mean, th this could potentially be a good game for Trevor Lawrence, potentially, mm -hmm. just because you don't have Russell Wilson and you don't have a, a, enough support on the Seattle side at the moment due to injuries. But, you know, theoretically, it should be Seattle. So Seattle for the win. It has to have Virginia Smith at some point, right? It has to. Yeah. He has to break through. He has to have a breakthrough game. <laughs> right. I look. I, look. I, yeah, I know. Look, I know the Jags. You know, have had ten days off, but yeah, still. I know there's still guys that still have not trust Urban Meyer. So, um, I'm picking the Seahawks. Uh, I, I might hate myself and kick myself later, but I'm, I'm picking Seattle. I, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, Washington and Denver. Christine, you start this one. Home field advantage, Denver. Mic drop. Done. That's it. That, that's how I'm leaving I, it. I love it. I, I would stay I away love. from this game, too, if you're thinking about betting, because it can go either way, in all honesty. I'm with you on that one. That's why I'm going with Denver. But if you, yeah. like you say, if you want to put some money on a game, do, don't touch this one. Leave it don't alone. Don't touch it. Yeah. Steer clear of this one. If you're all your betters out there, Denver. Uh, I think you know Bridgewater is back this back, so I Denver, Denver. All right, yeah. uh, should be a really good one here in the NFC South. This is gonna be the Fox game of the week. Yeah, Joe Davis, America's in, game of the week. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Joe Joe Davis pitching in for uh, Joe Buck, who's gonna be busy doing the World Series with he's gonna be with Aikman and Aaron Andrews and Tom Rinaldi. Uh, you got the Bucks and the Saints. Uh, this should be a really fun one. I know the Saints wants payback for what happened in the divisional round. Last yeah, last season, but I think the Bucks. I think they're kind of like I know I know Brown's still out for you with that ankle injury. I know Gronk's probably gonna be out too. Inger will Markin will not be able to play this game, so you gotta go through all types of COVID protocols. It's gonna be very close, like it usually is between these two. But I'm picking the Bucks. I don't know why, but I might hate myself later. But I'm picking the Bucks. <laughs> Oh, I know why you're picking the Bucks because you saw how Tom Brady destroyed the Bears last Sunday. <laughs> that might be part of it. Who knows? That might be part of it. That's just another conversation for for later. But yeah, I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay for this one. I'm gonna surprise you guys. I'm going with the Saints. I knew you would go against us for this one. It would be, but it would be, it would be a, 
it would be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if they be you know, pull it out. Right. They got the guys to. If especially if we, if we get good Jameis, I think that 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 could probably happen. Exactly, yeah. Two teams fresh off a of bye in the Sunday nighter. You got the Cowboys and the Vikings. Uh, gosh, you know Dak Prescott's got that calf injury, so he's been limited in practice. You know what? I should should I do it? Should I? You know what? I'll, I'll I'll do it. I'll, I'll pick look. I'll pick the Vikings. I'll pick the upset. I think I think their defense is starting to kind of you know get it together a little bit. I think you know if Kirk Cousins doesn't throw any weird interceptions and give the ball to Dalvin Cook, you know he should be a hundred percent now. Justin Jefferson, I really like his game. I think the Vikings pull off the upset. I'm still not sold on Dallas. I might hate myself for that, but I, I'm not sold on Dallas yet. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. This is going to be an exciting game. It's Halloween, number one. Mm-hmm. So that's already going to be a lot of hype as it is. And it's against two competitive teams. Dak, we'll see how mobile he is. Maybe maybe he won't even play. We, we don't really know what is happening yet. So, you know, this is this is tough because the Vikings have gotten better this year as, as the season has progressed like slowly but surely but i, I think dallas just has that shr- stronger momentum right now so just like you i'm gonna bite my tongue for this but i'm gonna go with dallas uh the vikings are favored by three points so i guess vegas knows something uh if, if Dak prescott uh Dak prescott plays he won't be at 100 percent even though he had, had the bye week but uh, fantasy football players all around for me in this game for both teams. I got Delvin Cook and Justin Jefferson doing the giddy dance on the Vikings. <laughs> and, of course, I got both starting wide receivers for Dallas on my team. So uh, I need somebody to score some points for me and score them in a hurry. But with that being said, I think it's going to be a close one. The Dallas should come out there with the victory. Ezekiel Elliott, you had a bounce back year. We need to see that again from you on Sunday. Yeah. Totally power, same thing. Let's go. I'm going with Dallas. All right. All right. Look, I'll be on my own here. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> I'll be on my own island. That's fine. Uh, Monday matter here. You got the Giants and the Chiefs. Uh, if the Chiefs don't win this game, uh, shame on them. I mean, the Giants, you know, they, look, they played better you know, last week against the Panthers. But, you know, the Panthers have got all types of injuries and such. So if the Chiefs don't they'll pull this out, I, I don't know what else. I don't know what to tell Chiefs fans. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what's wrong with y'all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think. I think I said this back in week two, once Kansas City lost after their second game after losing, I just said, this doesn't seem good. And you two could probably back me up when I said that, like this, this doesn't seem good. And just as the season has gone on, we're in week eight now, it's just, it's more apparent to me and probably to the rest of the Chiefs fans that this is not the same team. This is not the same team anymore. The offense is different. Mahomes has literally no support with his O-line. The defense isn't doing so great either. So, again, they should win this. But if they don't, someone in the front office needs to reevaluate what's going on here. Kansas City is favored by nine and a half. The Giants, I think they'll show up. Uh, for a little bit, but it should be the Chiefs for this one. I think the most interesting thing about this game is I'm watching the Manning broadcast for this one. Eli Manning, I think it'll be the first time uh, publicly he'll he'll broadcast against his former team, talking about his former team. Yeah, That's going to be a whole lot of fun. 
That's gonna be that's what the price of admission right there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> last but not least, and I guess because we have to, uh, the 49ers and the Bears. Uh, said you start this one. Yeah, that's gonna be scary in itself. <laughs> my head hurts. My head's already hurting. I can't. I can't. Yeah, you go first with this one. I want to hear your thoughts. Who? Who me? Oh, Jesus. Uh, look, they're gonna be wearing the orange uniforms. The Bears are. I just heard that somewhere. Uh, they don't play very well when they wear those orange uniforms. So, like I said, like I was telling our, our buddy Kylan earlier, uh, this could be one of those six three nine six type of deals. So, and that could very well end up happening. <laughs> But, uh, you know, uh, Mac is out. Um, I know 49ers have their own injuries. I, I, just, I just can't in good conscience pick the Bears. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm picking San Fran. Would it surprise me the Bears if Chester Fields has best game of the season and they, and they, and they win it that way? Sure. But I, I, I just don't, don't see it. So I'm picking the 49ers and the 10, 7, 9, 6, 6, 3, you know, Giants being the Cubs, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Giants being the Cubs. What are you saying? Never mind. Never mind. Baseball. Baseball scores. Oh Christine. my goodness. That's oh. said, Yeah. Okay. Uh, as far as we know, uh, the weather will not. I repeat, will not be affected. It will be sunny and fifty plus degrees. So uh, we can X out the weather factor. As I said in a, in a previous um, segment, this game will, will it be fun? This game end in a tie. <laughs> you almost Gosh, wish it would. You almost wish it would. But just because Robert Quint is back and Damian Williams should be back, I'm going with the Bears by a field goal. I saw something interesting that, that I'm trying to pull up here on on the on Facebook this morning, actually. And, and it said there was a report going around that Fields and Robinson could potentially have be doing individual Zoom meetings going over the tape themselves and then creating their own plays out of it and going against completely whatever is going to be said in Fields' ears. I I'm not sure if I like the sound of that. <laughs> but it'll be great because Matt Nagy, as of right now, he's in COVID protocol. He might not be available on the sideline on Sunday, so they could work. <laughs> it could yeah, work. It could. <laughs> it could work, but I don't know how I feel about players going against what their coaches are telling them. You know what I mean? It just mm -hmm. seems like there, there's some sort of an internal struggle there. And, and another thing that I noticed during that Tampa game, besides, you know, us getting completely blown out of the water, mm -hmm. I don't know if you, you noticed this, but when sometimes when Fields would go back to pass in the pocket, he does this spin move. Yes. And what happens mm -hmm. to that spin move, he has his – one body facing towards another side of the field, but his back is completely turned towards the opposite side of the field. And, you know, it, it's just something where you're not going to see who's coming at you if you don't have your body completely squared up, which is why when we saw those massive hits from the Bucks defense, with those big blows that could have easily injured Fields, right. it's because he doesn't have his body face towards the field enough. Right. And I know that's his signature move, the spin and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But at one point, he has to realize this isn't Ohio State football. This isn't college football. This right. is the NFL. The game is faster. It's different than what it's been before. And if you don't have eyes on the entire field, 
you could be missing a receiver that's way down there and could be wide open, if, if that makes sense. Right. So I think Fields needs to allow himself to see the field more. And, and I hope I'm making sense when I'm saying this, because that was probably my yeah. biggest pet peeve was like, gosh, you know, he could be injured if he wasn't facing the field the right way. But back to my pick, um, it's going to be the 49ers just because I, I can't do it with the Bears right now. There's so many unknowns. You have a lot of players that are injured. You have a lot of players that are still in COVID protocol. And even with those two players coming back from that, I don't think it's going to make a difference unless there's a massive change or a light bulb that goes off and fields his head. I don't see them winning, unfortunately. Maybe it will be a close game, but I don't see this one. I think it's another L. And our yeah, our buddy on Mondo, uh, Mondo Laura Jr. says Nagy has definitely lost to teams. We'll see what happens on yeah. Sunday, whether Nagy's on the field or not due to, to COVID protocols. So those are our week eight NFL picks. Uh, Check back in with us next week to see how we how we did. Uh, you listen to Second City Sports live and in living color. Hashtag Football Friday right here on Sports on Chicago. Say Lakia Christine with you. We want to short on time, guys. Uh, let's go to the World Series. Game three is tonight from Atlanta at seven o'clock on Fox. Game four is tomorrow at seven o nine, and Game five will be Sunday following football at uh, seven o'clock on Fox. Christine, I'll start with you. Best of seven series tied up at a game apiece. The Braves uh, stormed out of the box, stealing game one. Houston responded in game two. What do you expect tonight from Atlanta? Gosh, I hope the Braves win. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else in the world is like, let's go, Braves. And then you had the tiny little Houston people just like, okay, Astros, let's do this. So <laughs> I think everyone is just hoping that the that the Braves pull out this one, especially, you know, they have their home field tonight. Who knows? Maybe there could be some heckling from the crowd, too. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Braves fans get a little rowdy when it comes to uh, the Astros taking the field. Yeah, these next three games are probably going to be pivotal over whenever it goes back to Houston on Tuesday. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, who will have that advantage. Um, Luis Garcia and Ian Anderson will face each deal going up to the bump on the mound in game three. So that should be a that should be a very interesting matchup, you know, no doubt. And look, it's going to depend on who can jump on who's who's batting can jump on the pit, the other pitchers early. To me, that's going to be the key. So. I, I had Houston in six, so I have to stick with it. So I think Houston will probably win two out of three and perhaps going back home to clinch it on Tuesday. That's yeah. just my opinion. All right. Like I said, I still have Atlanta in seven, so I'm still on track. Uh, Christine, let's go to uh, Bulls basketball. Of course, uh, they lost their first <laughs> game of the of the season last night as Lakina sheds her tears, <laughs> her, her Zoom okay, tears. Lakina. It's okay. Uh, uh, but uh, they lost their first game of the year to the New York Knicks last night at the UC by three points. But Joe Kim Noah was honored uh, before the game. I don't know if you get, got a chance to did, catch yeah. it. Uh, but um, he was honored before the game. Uh, and he's going to work uh, as a team ambassador. What are your thoughts about Joe Kim Noah? What what a great role model, a great athlete. And you know what? If the Bulls are, Bulls are going to lose to anybody this year, might as well have been to the Knicks, especially with, with everything surrounding that night and Derrick Rose being back at the mm -hmm. UC, Tom Thibodeau being back in the UC. It was just a very nostalgic evening 
overall. So regardless if they won or lost, I think Joe Kim was just happy to, to be back where it all started for him, to feel that energy of the crowd again. So I think that's a great move by the Bulls organization to have him as an ambassador because he really, he still is a role model for a lot of young players. So it's awesome mm -hmm. to see him in this leadership position. That's a rant down for a second. What do you think about this Blackhawk situation? We talked about it earlier in the show. I know you have your thoughts on it. Tell us. It, it's a shame. It's it's honestly a shame. And everyone has been praising Kyle Beach for really standing up and for saying something. And it's so tough being in the position that, that we're all in. Whatever we say is going to impact what other people say. So no matter what our thoughts are, the fact of the reality is the Blackhawk organization should not have covered this up, regardless of if you're in the championship run or not. I get it. The NHL has been known for burying stuff like this. They have been known for just keeping issues like this so hushed and, and underneath. And it's just a shame. And I was saying this to, to my, my radio partner and um, my, my parents I feel bad for the young players that are playing for the Hawks right now. And these are the 20 year olds yep. that are playing right now because this is, this is the start of their NHL career, you know, and now to have fans, you know, not really being there, it, it makes them feel bad, but I totally get where the, where the fans are coming from too. When this all came out, I just, I feel for the players that had nothing to do with the situation and they're getting the brunt of this all. Um, and it's it's just a tough situation. And with with Taze and Kane coming out with saying saying a statement too, it, it, Taze's statement is a it's a little you know what I mean. It, yeah. It's yeah. a little teeter totter mm -hmm. and back and forth between oh it's terrible what happened, but hey Stan Bowman is a great guy. It, it's like you're trying to stay neutral in a situation where you really can't stay neutral in. And it's just, it's so sad for the city. It's so sad for this well-known organization. And it's it's tough. It's very, very tough. And, and my heart goes out to anyone that has dealt with sexual assault or sexual abuse because it, it is real. It's real yeah. whether you're in sports or not. And it, it's 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 very commendable and it's honorable that uh, Kyle Beach is standing up now after all all this time and he's really bringing this to light in in the hockey industry so yeah that that's what i have to say about it yeah mardo lara jr once again uh, posting up a comment on our facebook page at sports zone chicago he says you can't be proud to be a blackhawks fan anymore it's going to take a long time for long the time. blackhawks uh to to it's still it's going to stick with them forever but to rebuild the image uh, is going to take a while of course when this team starts to win again, it's going to take some of the pressure off, but it's going to be a long time. For other reasons, I uh, I, I wasn't going to go to a Blackhawks game this year, but uh, it, it looks like I might not go there. Uh, it looks like my money will be going to the Bulls this year. But uh, am I still a, am I still a Blackhawks fan? Yes. Will yeah. I be still be wearing my jerseys, Blackhawks jerseys, as of right now? No. Yeah, a lot of people feel yeah, that's, that way. That's, right. Like I said, that's where I am right now. I'm still a fan, but. Right now, I can't wear any paraphernalia. It's going to take some time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's just a sad situation. Very, very sad right now. <laughs>
Yeah, I don't know uh, if you got a chance to read those reports, Christine, but uh, I, I could barely get through half of it without yeah. having I, my I stomach listened, turned a thousand times. I, I listened to Kyle Beach's interview and the, the way that he gets so emotional about it and yeah. how raw. You don't see athletes rarely in that raw situation. You don't see them really right. being that vulnerable often. So that's why it's so brave of him to do that and to now be an advocate for others and inspire them hopefully to come out and say something. So it, it's just, it, it's heartfelt and it's just, it's bittersweet for him too, I'm sure. All right. Well, let's end on a happier note. What are you guys looking forward to this weekend in, in sports? <laughs> for me, the world series, uh, uh, let's see if Atlanta can make my prediction come true by uh, winning in a seven games. If they could beat the uh, Astros sooner, they'll be great too. But I'm really looking forward to college football tomorrow. Lakina, Michigan mm. and Michigan State at big news Saturday at 11 o'clock <laughs> Chicago time on Fox. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, this is going to be his uh, his biggest test so far this year. They had to go on the road at East Lansing to face Michigan State and Mel Tucker's squad. And, of course, uh, all the NFL action on Sunday. Of course, I'm looking forward to Bulls basketball tomorrow night. They host the Utah Jazz at the UC. Tony Kukoc now, the new member of the Basketball Hall of Fame. He'll be honored before the game. What about you, Christine? Yeah. Uh, speaking of Utah Jazz, there is no jazz in Utah, number one. <laughs> number <laughs> that two. came from New Orleans, that's why. Yeah, yeah. I'll say, yeah that's why. That's where it came from, yeah. It just stuck with it. hilarious to me. Um, <laughs> I, I think I'm just looking forward to football and Halloween candy. You know, that's how I'm going to spend my Halloween, just chilling out, watching football, and just, in, just enjoying – you know, what's left of this nice South Dakota weather for a little bit longer. <laughs> well, the Chicago Bears, yeah, the Chicago Bears will give you a trick. Damn. And yeah, they'll yeah. get your treat with candy. Exactly. <laughs> That's your <True>. balance. <laughs> they'll tease it a little bit with here's right. a and it's like, nope, you got tricked. Sorry. <laughs> Damn. Uh, uh, should be, uh, I mean, look. Favorite Halloween, can favorite Halloween candy, Christine. Oh, boy. I was just asked this today. I like dark, dark chocolate. So, like, the Hershey's dark chocolate and Ooh, stuff yummy. like that. I'm a big dark chocolate girl. Uh, butter, Butterfinger and Kit Kat and Three Musketeers for me. Not in that Ooh. order. Those are like my three. Yeah. I mean, he's some Three Musketeers that I get off of here. But uh, outside of that, I know it's not considered Halloween candy, but my favorite candy, I had to cut back on this for a while, but Goobers. When I watch the movie, I love Goobers. Oh, that yeah. Counts. Boy. That's Those are Halloween candy. Well, if it does, then it's a back on the list. I like that. <laughs> I consider it Halloween candy. Okay. Yeah, it's Just fine. because Christine said so. Yeah, right. They're addictive, though, though. I, I, I yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I have, that's I why have, I, said I had to come back, man. You know, too much of yeah. that sugar. Um, you that's, know, yeah, that could be a little bit uh, for me, uh, yeah, of course, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, this will be the first time since 1964 that both these teams will be ranked in the top 10 facing each other. So, should be a lot of fun. Weather could be an issue there. Uh, the, a lot of the NFL games, you know, also to the rest of the college football slates. And some great soccer matches, too, in the, across the European uh, league. So I'm going to be busy this weekend. And, you know, the Halloween stuff, you know, just let's just get right to it and get right into the holidays. Because, like, <laughs> I'm not a big Halloween person. So I'm sorry. Really? <laughs> no, no. I just, I just feel like it's a kid's holiday, I think. You know, just uh, like. I, I, my holiday that I can't stand is New Year's Eve. Shoot the messenger, but I, I just can't stand it for whatever reason. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you, Christine. I oh, guess yeah. since I've gotten older, you know, I'm you know, I'm all for having fun in a safe and, and positive light, but 
just like Halloween, you, you, we're going to see this weekend. Some of you adults, I know uh, Halloween's more of a kid's holiday than yeah. adults. But some of you adults just lose it a little bit yeah. too much. Oh, like, yeah. I'm off everybody having fun, but some of y'all don't know how to act, right? No, no. You don't know how to behave. You but know how to act the fool, but you know how to behave. Halloween candy, though, Sid. I already know. You just get a bag for yourself, and you're like, yep, this is my Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I tell people this all the time. I know we're running up, up against it, but I tell people all, all the time. I treat Halloween just like Valentine's Day. I don't give a damn about either of those holidays, but if someone <laughs> offer me free candy, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Mic drop. Take it myself, Sid. Go dress up. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, you can follow me at Keena McKee on the Twitter and at Keena Scrub McKee on the oh, IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, SCK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Christine, where can people follow you on these social media streets? Follow me right here. Oh, there it is. Right here on Twitter <laughs> at Manica underscore KXRB. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you follow us at War on Anchor for the podcast version. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Type in those search engine boxes on these podcast platforms, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R Media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And a happy anniversary to Armando. He said he got married on Halloween. So and in costumes in a, oh, in a cemetery. What? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, Armando. We're learning a lot about you, my friend, today. Yep, well, happy, yep, yep. happy anniversary to you and your lovely wife. And uh for Sid and Christine, I'm Lakia. This has been Second City Sports. Happy Halloween, everybody. And stay safe and don't do anything stupid, folks, please. Wash your, yeah, wash, wash your hands and stay warm and stay warm out there, folks. Gonna get a little cooler here in these next few days. So uh make sure you guys bundle up. This is Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you next week. We'd like to thank Sean Ray Stout and Colin Mills for both joining us today on the show. And Go Christine Bears. as well. Yes, and Christine as usual. The Queen Christine. Oh, uh, we shouldn't forget. <laughs> we, should, <laughs> we shouldn't forget. Um until Monday. Go Bulls and I, I guess Bears. Woo! <laughs> <All up. laughs>